All right. All right. <clears throat> we should be live. Hold on one second. All right. Uh, everybody should be able to hear me. <clears throat> Everything should sound good. I apologize for the late start. Um, some crazy stuff going on. A lot of craziness going on, actually. Not just here at this house, but in the world. We're going to be talking about it. A lot of really interesting stuff. All right. Wait for everybody to pile in. But before we do, I must let everybody know that we are live all over the internet. Facebook, Trollo, Trollo, goodness, Trovo, DLive, Twitch.tv, YouTube, etc., etc. For those who want an audio-only experience, I am on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and wherever else podcasts exist, thanks to our partnership with uh, Spotify. I, I, I keep wanting to say Anchor.fm. What else have we got going on? Got a lot of stuff going on, actually. Goodness. Waiting for more people to pile in. 73rd episode. Quite a lot to talk about. I really want to get into this Air July stuff. I have some uh, interesting things bookmarked, or maybe I don't. I don't remember. I'm not really organized tonight. Shout out to everybody on Rumble. We're live on Rumble as well. Facebook, if I, for if I forgot to uh, to mention that already. Yeah, I'm everywhere. Uh, everything looks pretty good. 60 FPS all across the board. We have no dropped frames. Internet has been relatively consistent. Apparently, some of the issues that I had in the past uh, regarding my internet connection, blah, 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 was because of this thing called Ingress, which, uh, you know, it causes a lot of problems. But I'm still, like, randomly disconnecting once a week, and I have no idea what causes it. Powering off and powering on the modem seems to do the trick, and it's a brand new modem. I got, like, two of these things. So, uh, yeah, man, quite a lot to go over. Uh, honestly, I don't even know why I got this. This link here, Catholic nuns sue Smith & Wesson to halt sales of AR-15s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I wanted to send this to one of my Catholic bros. He's a Catholic bro. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of sick of the elitism from the Catholic community. And I'm just like, y'all ain't all that, you know? You guys got a lot of problems, not just with, you know, the touching kids stuff, but uh, even the nuns now are launching a, an assault on the American way of life. Um I'm not even going to get get into this. A lot of people are trying to take on these uh, AR-15 makers, and uh, it's quite annoying. But, yeah, this is happening. What else have we got here in politics? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Give me one moment. Let me see. What else have we got here? Hold up. I'm, like, expecting visitors. Um, Actually, I lied. I am not expecting them after all. All right. guess it's just going to be me by myself again once again tonight. Oh, boy. Yeah, I saw this clip of Dick Durbin. And, you know, we talk a lot about illegal immigration here on this channel. And uh, I wasn't the only one who said it. I believe it was Owen Benjamin or uh, Mike Cernovich who said that they're going to terror. The regime is going to terrorize us in ways that we can't even fathom. And I, I can't help but think that, you know, they're telling on themselves with this short clip from Dick Durbin. You know, what? we're going to speed this up because he speaks kind of slow. Let's go ahead and speed that guy up. What troubles me about the debate now with the southern border is it is one half of the immigration equation. Yes, we need order at the border. Yes, we need to have changes in the laws that reflect the reality of the overwhelming numbers from all over the world who are coming to our shores and our border. But there's also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now. A demand by who? Demand by who? I, I would like to know. Who is demanding more third world legal aliens living in their backyard? Uh, more third world children not speaking English, being disruptive, causing all sorts of problems in the public education system. Uh, who, who's asking for this? The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. 
or Bill and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you are an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the requirement tests, background tests, the like, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them a chance? I think we should. Yeah, I'm not really about that. Uh, I don't care if they serve this country honorably, if such a thing exists. Um, you know, again, they're kind of telling on themselves. They want the Goyim to enlist in the military, sacrifice her life, and go out and die for Israel, or go out there and die and fight for uh, Zelensky, who's not even authentically Ukrainian. And, of course, people like myself don't want to do it. Regular traditional Americans don't want to do this. The, the jig is up. People have just become to, uh, they, they began to notice things. And once you notice, you can't unnotice it. And we are seeing, you know, very uh, dire recruitment figures all across the board throughout every branch of the military, except for, I think, Space Force is doing okay for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is it. They're like, yeah, we need, we need these stunning and brave magic Americans, or they're not Americans yet, magical people, to uh, you know, waltz into this country and <laughs> and do the bidding of the Israeli government. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, lives of TikTok, of course, chimes in with, uh, "Wow, yeah, my thoughts exactly." If Dick Durbin tries to do this, he should be arrested and tried for treason. He's wanted to import an invasion force into America. That is treason. Yeah, why do you think they want to disarm Americans? Why do you think they want to erode our constitutional, human, and civil rights? Uh, they, you know, they they want to just undo any of the progress that has been made by the founding fathers and all the brave men and women who made this country possible. They want to undo it by importing their replacements, by importing a horde of people that do not share our history, our heritage, our worldview. Let's see. Their target is America, and everyone knows it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Why do uh? Why do you? Why do you have all these military-aged men into our country? Now you see their plan. They wanted them for our military. And who would they fight? I think there is much we don't know. Yeah, they're, they're little, you know, they're little uh, third-world pets. They're not going to go out and slug it out with Middle Easterners. Many of the people coming are from the Middle East. They're not going to go slug it out with Africans. There's no reason for the United States military uh, to be in Africa. They're not going to duke it out with the Russians because they'll get their asses kicked. The the third world uh, military age males that are being imported into this country, they're not disciplined enough. They're not strong enough. They're not intelligent enough to take on the Russians. But enough of them can overwhelm uh, our cities. They can overwhelm the rural parts of the United States. And uh, those military weapons will be pointed at people like myself. Um, you know, and, and again, we've already seen the federal government uh, essentially be weaponized uh, kind of willingly on its own, independent of the executive branch, uh, regardless of what Trump or uh, Joe Biden did, you know they're they're weaponized and they're they're willing to use all of the resources to crush people like myself. And uh, yeah, of course, Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat, you know, again, kind of just spills the bean. Uh, before we move on, let's see what's uh got anything good in the bookmarks. Oh, we got some cringe. We'll go over that later. On. Uh, we got some political stuff. We'll go over that later on. Uh, this video is fake. I don't know why I ended up bookmarking it because I thought I was going to debunk it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's the community notes kind of beat me to it. This is a scripted video created by Turning Point Ministries. 
a Christian organization founded by prominent pastor David Jeremiah to provide a visual preview of the rapture as part of its fail, uh, its fail campaign, fall, uh, fall ad campaign. Yeah. Yeah. That'll win people over, uh, scaring the shit out of them. Um, a lot of this other stuff. Oh, you know, on the same topic of the military, do check this out. Uh, again, I like Dana White. I generally enjoy the UFC. However, uh, I, I just, I have to disagree with this take. I have to disagree. Oh, uh, it's a wall street silver post. If we go to war right now, no, fuck, fuck that. I'm not going to read that shit. Let's just go watch the clip. So if we go to war right now, are you confident in this generation that we have right now that these guys are going to go out and storm some beach somewhere? There's a small handful of people, most of them probably down around the Bible Belt and down south, that'll actually stand up and fight this country right now. It's scary. Habib's crew in Dagestan could probably come in and take over this country right now because this generation is such a bunch of... Different mentality. We're getting soft. Yeah. We're getting weak every ten years. Yeah, and I and I think that's a good thing. I think the weaker this this country, the better off people like myself are. Regular Americans are a lot safer when it's mili- when it's when it's government is weak. Um, I'm not interested in the government trying to protect me. Uh, I know what that looks like, and it's not pretty. I'm not interested in a strong militaristic, well, you know, staffed government. Because what they use, what they do with their with their personnel is terrorize people like myself. The weaker they are, the better, but the better off we are. Um, I, it's going to be a very long time. Uh, I, I don't know what it will take for me to change or waver from that opinion. Uh, again, I like Dana Dana White, but you're a rich dude. You're a very very wealthy man, and he relies heavily on America being strong to protect people like himself. The, the country doesn't protect people like me. It goes after people like myself. Not really interested in uh, promoting that. All right, and some more silly news. Uh, I, I actually had no idea that the Kennedys would be involved with the uh, the Epstein crime family. But uh, here we are. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know why he would admit this. He could have just literally not said anything. But, uh, you know, whatever. Let's just watch. Let's just watch this. You weren't ever on Jeffrey Epstein's jet, were you? Yeah, I was on Jeffrey Epstein's jet two times. I was on it uh, in 1993. Yeah, this is RFK Jr. He is a uh, presidential candidate running as an independent to to help the Democrats defeat Orange Man. And I was on it in, and I went to Florida with my wife and uh, two children to visit my mom over Easter. Um, my my wife had some kind of relationship with Glenn Maxwell, and they offered us a ride to Palm Beach. So I went then, and on another occasion, I flew again with my family, with I think four of my children, and um, and uh, and Mary, my wife, to Rapid City, South Dakota to go fossil hunting I, uh, for a weekend and uh but other otherwise i was i was never on his fossil hunting eh? i guess that's what the rich people call it these days is yet alone i you know i've been very open about this from the beginning this was in 93 so it was 30 years ago it was before anybody knew about jeffrey epstein's uh you know his nefarious issues and i agree with you that these all of this information should be released. Um, and we, we should get real answers on what happened to Jeffrey Epstein. 
and any of the high-level political people that he was uh, involved with. All of that should be open to the public. Yeah, let's start with you, RFK Jr. Let's start with you, pal. Should be absolutely transparent, and you know, I don't see why any of those records would have any redactions in them. Why would we be hiding that from the American public? Well, you might. You weren't. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty interesting, man. Uh, we're we're gonna have a very interesting race on our hands. Um, you know, a lot of things are happening behind the scenes in terms of this presidential race, uh, the twenty four, uh, the twenty twenty four race for the White House. You have the permanent government, which doesn't necessarily like Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is necessarily is not necessarily a friend to them the way that they initially thought. They would like to throw Biden under the bus. However, Biden knows where the bodies are buried and vice versa. Um, you tell on one, the other's going to tell on the other. And it's going to be very, very messy. So I don't foresee the, the permanent government, the illegitimate regime uh, going up against Joe Biden. But we are seeing the regime you know, swing in every direction at people like RFK Jr. I wouldn't be surprised if they start going after other political figures that have been a thorn in the side, uh, a thorn in the side of the Biden regime. Uh, we're seeing this with Mayor Eric Adams. We talked about that last week, where he's being, in my opinion, falsely accused of uh, hashtag Me Too allegations. Um, and now we're we're getting, uh, you know, RFK Jr. to come out and state openly and willingly, seemingly that he is. <laughs> Uh, he hung out with uh, the Epstein's and his wife had a relationship of some sort uh, with Ghislaine G- Maxwell, who's still alive and incarcerated behind bars. Uh, very cozy. And of course, this whole fossil hunting thing. Uh, no, maybe it's some rich person thing. Uh, some rich person activity that I'm not aware of, you know, because I'm from the streets. But uh, I don't know. It sounds like a whole lot of malarkey to me. What else do we got here? Oh, yeah. Joe Biden's secret weapon is Miss Americana herself, Taylor Swift. And this article from The Hill details how Taylor Swift could easily save president. Uh, I mean, illegitimate uh, presidency of uh, Joe Biden. Taylor Swift epitomizes contemporary superstardom with unparalleled popularity and an immense following as the 2024 approaches or as 2024 approaches, the singer could play a pivotal role for democracy by securing the reelection of president, uh, I mean, of Joe Biden and ending the political career of former president Donald Trump fueled by her extensive collection of infectious songs and a dedicated fan base. Her heiress tour, uh, her heiress tour, recent album releases and blossoming romance with NFL superstar, Travis Kelsey Swift will be a leading figure in popular culture throughout 2024 beyond her economic impact on the U S through her tours. Swift's, Untapped political influence should not be underestimated. Uh, I actually think it can be underestimated, and we're going to get into it in a few seconds. Swift has demonstrated her ability to mobilize her her overwhelmingly young millennial and Gen Z fan base, encouraging them to invest in merchandise, concert tickets, and albums. Invest? More like consume product. Yeah, you don't... Yeah, since when is buying a concert ticket an investment? 2024, she may leverage this influence to guide them to the polls, building on her previous and sometimes tepid Forays into politics. On November 7th, Swift urged her 272 million followers to register to vote, resulting in more than 35,000 registrations. That's actually not a lot. If like a million, if like, sorry, 35,000 registrations out of 272 million is honestly not that much. That's not a lot. The organization reported 
a 1,226% increase in participation on his website following Swift's post. This is not the first time Swift entered the political arena. In the 2018 midterm election, she openly endorsed Tennessee Democrats, highlighting her concerns about Republican Marsha Blackburn, Republican Tennessee, voting record on it on the issues of equal pay for women and same-sex marriage. Although the endorsement failed, which is the key word here, it failed to yield a better outcome for Democrats in deep red Tennessee, Blackburn easily won her Senate race. The landscape for Biden in 2024 appears more favorable with lower hurdles to overcome nationally than those faced by Tennessee Democrats. So we're just going to go ahead and stop right there. Um, I believe I'm of the sound opinion that the a lot of the the influence of these uh douchebag celebrities like taylor swift lady gaga beyonce jay-z etc eminem is grossly overstated these people are not as popular as they pretend to be yeah they make a superstar sure yeah they're raking in lots of money yeah sure sure all that is true however uh what we saw prior three four five years prior to president trump's last moments in office was an onslaught of propaganda from virtually every A-list celebrity. Every mega corporation from Walmart, Netflix, Apple, Facebook, etc., all the way down to basically every powerful institution, every single media outlet, virtually every single media outlet, with the exception of like four or five of them that were relatively Trump-friendly. And all of that was not enough to defeat the Orange Man. They had to uh, you know, engage in phony baloney tactics with those ballots. And again, I remember it was about one o'clock at night and President Trump was up in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia by like a few hundred thousand votes in each of those states. And that those leads were virtually wiped out by these magical ballots that were totally legitimate, which we've gone over uh, quite a bit here. All of the propaganda, all of their superstars were not enough to defeat him. Um, again, what we're seeing is fear mongering. So let's say she has legitimately 272 fans all around the world. Uh, overall, she's got 272 million fans. Well, like I said, a lot of them are all around the world. They're all over the planet. Uh, they're not necessarily American citizens. She is an international superstar. Her, I mean, her tour is, is all over Latin America. One of her fans in, I think Brazil or Argentina or something, she ended up dying because, you know, heat exhaustion or some shit. Um, so yeah, don't buy this. Don't buy this fear mongering. A lot of them, a lot of the, the media would like to gaslight and scare and demoralize, um, you know, MAGA world or, uh, supporters of the uh, president Trump or the Republican party in general. And they want to make you feel outnumbered. They want to make you feel like you're in the minority when you're really not. And what they like to do, I mean, this is what like, like small animals do. They, they pump themselves up, they blow them, they make themselves appear bigger to be more intimidating. And the influence of the superstars is, has definitely waned quite a bit. And they're blowing themselves up to be more intimidating. And I urge people not to fall for their tricks. This is what the devil would do. All right, so let's move on. Um, what else here? Uh, we got to get into a little bit of these, uh, these crazy reactions about uh, <laughs> regarding... Uh, the, this Palestine stuff, this, you know, whatever's going on in the Middle East and just like the insane reaction. Like, I don't really care about the Middle Eastern conflict. I'm Again, I don't really talk about that shit. Don't care. However, the response here is, you know, the, the, the America's response or the left's, the modern left's response to this is very, very interesting to me. It's very, very telling about their behavior. We're going to watch this clip. I'm going to kind of speed it up really quick. So we don't meander too long. It's not even that long. It's only like two minutes long, but I'm going to speed it up. And I'm going to react to this because I think I know what's happening here. I honestly think I know what's happening here. So let's go ahead and watch this. All right, let's go ahead and speed this guy up because uh, 
I think Elise Stofanik is a congresswoman. She's kind of slow. All right, let's go ahead and watch. At Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking specifically calling for the genocide of Jews. Does that constitute bullying and harassment? If it is directed and severe, it's harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is dependent on the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer. Yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer? Yes. If it is, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide. The speech is not harassment. This is unacceptable. So I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Yikes. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. And is anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation. That is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes. That calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard's code of conduct. Correct. Again, you know, I, I watched this and I thought really, really hard about why these goons from these universities are responding to uh, Congresswoman uh, Stefanik's question this way. And I, and again, I, I'm going to make this about me <laughs> as weird as that sounds. What we witnessed prior to the whole Gaza Israel bullshit was blatant targeted harassment against people like myself, genuine calls to violence against people like myself for merely having a different opinion, uh, for merely voting for president Trump and, uh, you know, supporting people like DeSantis, etc., And, uh, or even just like refusing to do something like I refuse to kiss the ass of magic Americans. I refuse to bend the knee to violent career criminals. I don't care if they meet a horrific end. It's got nothing to do with me and I'm not going to pretend to give a shit. And there's been a lot of calls for violence against people like myself and the kind of abhorrent behavior that was levied against individuals like myself and other people who have, uh, who, who share my, my worldview and share my opinions. We, we, we've been at the wrong end of, of, of the most horrific harassment imaginable, but now we're seeing that, that type of harassment levied against uh, a certain group of people that we're not allowed to criticize under any circumstance. And they're certainly not up to anything bad at all. So this special group, the, these special people, they they're used to not ever being held accountable uh, for anything. They're, they're used to anybody criticizing them in any way, being just ravaged by the legal system, ravaged by their employer, et cetera, et cetera. But now we have millions of people all over the country literally calling for Gino, you know what aside against this very special group of people. And it's seemingly allowed now. But there's massive pushback against it, which never existed towards people like myself. So these university goons, these univer these uh, filthy admins, these clerks, they're not able to profess. What constitutes genuine harassment? Because if they do and it's on the record, if they state 
without a shadow of a doubt, doing X, Y, and Z will constitute harassment and there will be penalties for engaging in that behavior. People like myself are going to be protected by such statements. We're going to be protected by, by, by those types of policies. But because the rules are not being uniformly applied, they haven't been uniformly applied for, for quite some time. I thought that was very interesting. They're willing to forego protections against special people so long as it means people like myself are still able to receive, just, just be bombarded by a torrent of harassment and hatred. Uh, they're trying to protect that mechanism. And, and you know, and again, I've, I used to work for the government. And, and I will say this, because I, I remember when I started my job, I, we were in like orientation. And we had to do like a like a like a few hours of uh, being familiar with the harassment policy or code of conduct policies. And one of the examples cited by the government per HR, let's say I'm sitting down. What this is kind of the example, almost verbatim the example that they gave. If I'm sitting down, like let's say I'm just like eating lunch, and there's two women also at lunch, and they're like at a different table, they're talking amongst themselves. And one of them is talking about, or one of them says, oh yeah, I just divorced my husband. All men are scum. I hate men. I think men are horrible and they should be banned from America or something silly, something to that effect. That constitutes harassment, even though it was not directed at me, even though the speech was for the most part lawful, that still constitutes harassment. And that is actionable by the employer that, 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 that behavior will you know, result in action by the employer. So if I'm at a university and someone says, and I hear someone say, you know, we should commit Gino, you know, what aside against a special group of people because of something happening in the Middle East. Theoretically, that should be, you know, should fall into the purview of uh, harassment under the guidelines of, uh, of these universities. Uh, let, let's just go back in time and remember some of the insanity that came from these public universities. There were people uh, posting flyers, which is not against the rules, posting flyers saying it's okay to be white. And the FBI gets involved. But if you call for Gino, you know what aside, they don't want to say it's harassment. It, the context matters all of a sudden to these uh, administrators in the government or at these universities. I think that's very interesting. So when, when you're examining a situation like this, when you're watching people respond to this seemingly simple question, think about how they're responding to it and then think back, not even far back, like in the very recent past, how they would have responded to it um, at a time where events around the world weren't so uh, intense like they are right now. Think about that for a second. You know, again, what I see is uh, there's not an even application of the policies here. There's no uniformity in the way that they go after so-called uh, violators of, this, of these harassment policies. Interesting. Very interesting, to say the least. So I guess kudos to Elise Stefanik for, uh, I guess, holding these uh, dorks accountable. Uh, let's see what the people are saying here. They already call for the Gino, you know, what a side of uh, whites and incite violence against whites. They also created this monster. They get what they fucking deserve. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I can't even read this guy's username. It's very offensive. Disavow. Uh, let's continue. 
All right. So uh, I don't know who this person is, but they got 9.2 million views. They wrote down, I broke down today. I can't understand how people I know can be going to the movies, concerts, and conventions while as a Gino, you know what aside is going on like things are normal. My partner held me as I cried. I understand the woman who lit herself on fire more than I do some of my best friends. I have contemplated self-emulation more in the past two months than I've thought about going to see Renaissance. I, that's a Beyonce concert, by the way. And I sobbed in utter confusion in how anyone is able to achieve any sense of normalcy while all these people are being ended in mass. Then I realized it must be because they're looking away. Nobody can know the things I now know and hold these horrors inside of them and not want to do anything to bring awareness to what's going on. So I realized my friends are looking away from what's happening by choice. Then my mother sent me a text message accusing me of using Palestine to ignore her and ignore spending time with the family. <laughs> I didn't go to Thanksgiving. I literally couldn't. I was having a high pain day due to my chronic illness, which I told her using a Gino, you know what aside. So yeah, I'm kind of messed up right now between every time I click on a friend's story on IG, seeing them out, having a good time without masks and without any posts about Palestine. And my own mother calling me a, uh, calling me selfish for committing so much time and effort to helping inform people. No, you're not doing anything. You're not helping anybody at all. You're being annoying, misleading. Yeah, let me, let me, let me just play, let me put it this way, guys. Hold on. Give me a second. Let me compose myself really quick. All right, so I know what's going on in the Middle East. Kind of, sort of. You know, I see things here and there. But I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I really don't give a fuck. I don't think anybody really gives a fuck. I'm going out to concerts. I'm going out on dates. I'm going, I'm riding my motorcycle. I'm working on my workshop. I'm building puppets. I don't got time to give a fuck about Israel or Palestine or Gaza or any of that bullshit. It's got nothing to do with me. You know, you got Congress. You got the Dick Durbin. You got misleading here, crying about Gino, you know what aside, crying about not having enough soldiers to fight in some other bullshit war. It's got nothing to do with me, man. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got nothing to do do with you either. I mean, this is the this is what they want to do. They want to poison your mind and condition you to think that any of this fucking matters. It doesn't. None of this matters. Um, the only way that it could, could that that it kind of sort of matters. Which is why I'm pro peace. I'm pro peace. I don't want violence or, or any yuckiness. Is because if there's violence that occurs in the Middle East, the fucking uh, refugees they end up in in my city. They end up in America. They end up in France and Italy and shit. Like no, no, none of that. None of that. And these fucking wars and these conflicts. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of all of it. Uh, but dude, like a like people are just so fucking insane. They want to stick their noses in places where it doesn't belong. They want to talk about things they know nothing about. And again, I don't, I'm not, I'm not an expert on the Middle East or on any of that crazy bullshit um, in that area. So I don't talk about it. You know, it's none of my fucking business. Good evening. Uh, my stubbed toe is more important than anything going on in some place I will never even see. Yeah, same. Yeah, you know, I actually was taking apart this uh, this bench because, you know, I'm throwing a bunch of stuff away and like a piece of wood whack, like hit me on my arm and like I, I didn't break it or anything, you know, but it was bruised up and, was, you know, kind of hurt. 
That's more important to me than what's happening in the Middle East. Like, dude, who gives a fuck, man? Get some fucking perspective. Dude, let me just tell you something. I would never forego spending time with my family, forego spending time with my friends, uh, over crying about some bullshit happening in the Middle East. For, you know what? Let's let's see what misleading looks like. Let's see what this fucking woman looks like. Hold on, I gotta leave a comment first. LOL, hold up. LOL, what a loser. Let's do some uh, crying, laughing emojis. Do some crying, laughing emojis. Hold up. Yeah, that'll show her. All right. Let's see what this fucking bitch looks like. Dude, really? This is you? Dude, go be with your fucking family. Go, go start a family yourself of your own. If you don't want to be with your mom and dad, I get some people's parents suck ass. Some people, you know, are born into lame families, but like, oh man, All right, let's read her about me. Black native pronouns are they, them. She's 31 years old or they are 31 years old. I apologize for, uh, um, not using the correct pronouns. It was an accident. Uh, let's see. Hashtag actually autistic. Uh, yeah, I'm going to need a source for that. Media critic, so they're unemployed. Uh, disability activists, uh, still unemployed. Writer, very unemployed. And uh, their email, who gives a shit? Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this person is incredibly pathetic and useless. Uh, again, get your own affairs in order before trying to you know be an activist for you know disabled people or whatever. This is a uh, very very annoying behavior, very pathetic. All right, let's move on. Oh uh, yeah, so Gal Gadot, uh, the the very popular actress, uh, she was in those uh, cape shit movies. Uh, she said the world has failed women after October seventh Hamas attack. You know, uh, imagine a, a horrific thing happening somewhere around the world, like it, like it's so horrible, and there's all this destruction and chaos, and the and the conflict itself is very like complicated and convoluted. And then somehow making it about women being victims. Like, and it's like the world's fault. Like, me, what the fuck did I do? I was just playing party animals with the friends. You know, I'm going to work. You know, I'm climbing up on roofs and, you know, crawling around in attics. And then it's like, I failed women because of the Hamas attacks. Well, I'm not Hamas, first off, and I'm not Israeli either, so it's got nothing to do with me. Um, again, this is a, this is like some kind of like evil... Like like spellcraft type shit, you know. They're they're trying to you know put a spell on people like myself, and and, and just put guilt in our hearts because uh, women or something. Uh, let's hear her reasoning. Gal Gadot has called on the United Nations to demand that Hamas release every female hostage taken on October seventh. But what about the men? What about the little boys? Do their lives not matter? Referring to Hamas's deadly attack on Israel that day, Gadot. 38, wrote in an Instagram post, the world has failed the women of October 7th. Fuck yourself. On October 7th, the world witnessed Hamas carrying out its violent plans in real time. Within hours of the October 7th attack, the first blood-chilling video emerged of Shani Luke being paraded uh, nude and defiled by her proud assailants. Gadot continued referring to the 23-year-old German-Israeli tattoo artist who was kidnapped by Hamas on October 7th. Yet two months later, women are still hostage on uh, hostage to these rapists, and the world has failed to call the situation what it is—an urgent emergency that demands a decisive response. Yeah, why don't you fucking enlist? Why don't you go do something about it, Gal Gadot? In your millions of dollars, why don't you go hire like a private army or something? You're rich enough to do that. 
Like, why, why are you fucking pointing at me and expect, and expect regular Americans, regular people to, to do something? And of course you saw it. This is, this is meant for like a, a Western audience because other groups of men around the world are failures and they're weak and they're cowards. They don't have the balls to do great things. So she looks at guys in the West by, by saying that we failed women somehow for some reasons. And uh, yeah, it's just like, oh, someone's got to do something. Go fuck yourself. You go do something. It's got nothing to do with me. The women, these women here at this stupid fucking dance party, they would hate guys like me because of our uh, personally held beliefs, because of our personally held religious beliefs, because of my affinity towards Jesus Christ. Yeah, this has got nothing to do with me, man. You know, motherfuckers die every day. And you want me to feel bad about a handful of women who are partying? But by the way, these women were sympathetic towards... Uh, Towards the people of Gaza. They were uh, sympathetic towards uh, the Palestinian individuals. And this is what happened to them. This is a... Gal Gadot is an evil person. This is uh, this is not a good thing. Uh, this is our moment as women and allies of women to act. I am beseeching all those who have done so much for women's rights globally, from the UN to the human rights community, to please join in the demand that Hamas release every single woman hostage immediately. Yeah, again, what about the little boys or the innocent men who may be uh, held hostage? Uh, again, it's just like, just again, we're supposed to be equal, right? I mean, we want equality, right? Isn't that like the aim of uh, these feminists? Is the uh, equality for all individuals? For all mankind or humankind, whatever they want to say. Not after the next round of international mediation. Not after another day. These women cannot survive another moment of this horror, she wrote. Yeah, what about the, the young Americans who fought for, this, uh, fought for that country and died for that country? No one seems to give a shit about them or the horror that they endured. But because they're, they're cute chicks, these, these women, these young ladies are very cute. So apparently, so their life matters more than the young Israeli boys or something. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me. This is really annoying. And I'm getting really sick of this fucking conflict. Dude, all the more reason to end this conflict. This conflict, I'm calling for the end of this conflict immediately. Uh, Israel and Palestine should uh, reach an agreement for peace. Not just because it's the right thing to do, but because we are tired of these uppity rich douchebags, mostly women, like Gal Gadot and Amy Schumer, uh, preaching to us what should and shouldn't be done regarding this conflict. We, we should just end the wars forever, end the conflicts forever, just so we can shut these women up. I think that would be the best court. Dude, if, if I could pitch that to be like, get some Hamas leaders, get some Israeli leaders, I'm like, look, guys, listen, I know, I know shit's bad. I know blood ain't good between you two, God, two groups, but uh, if we if we unite, we can shut these women up forever. And isn't that like a good thing? And they'd probably like agree with me. All right, so, uh, goodness. We got to get into that uh, Gavin Newsom debate. You know, we're going to watch this clip first and I'm going to react. I'm going to let you know what was really going on with the debate because, you know, people got all these weird opinions about it and it's really, really surface level, but there was a lot going on and uh, we're going to get into it really quick. But I just want to watch this clip from uh, Patrick Bet David, who's a, a very popular podcaster. He hangs out with like Joe Rogan and stuff. Uh, you know, he, he's he's had the big wigs on his show like... Uh, uh, like the Lincoln Project, uh, PDF files. He's had DeSantis on there. Uh, and it's just a lot of big names, a lot of big names. All right, let's just watch this clip. Interesting to see what happens. Do you, do you prefer Trump wins or, or do you think DeSantis still even has a chance? We had DeSantis on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was an interesting uh, conversation. It was the first time I saw him kind of getting comfortable and loose and 
talking about, um, you know, like, I'll give you one perfect example. I asked DeSantis, I showed him the clip about his boots because they say he wears high heels. And I said, how tall are you? He says 5'11". Okay. There's pictures online of his marriage with him and his wife. And they're the same height. And she's 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, Maybe she's wearing heels. Maybe he's 5'8". Okay. There's pictures of him playing baseball. There's pictures of him when he was younger. After 21 years old, how many more inches do you grow after 21? Right? Mm -hmm. And he wears these boots and it just doesn't look good. Right? So this hashtag for two days was trending called Bootgate after we did the podcast. And I asked him a question and I gave him a box of Ferragamo's, his shoe size. I said, I'd love to see you wear dress shoes and tennis shoes. And he says, I can't accept a gift. You know why I was doing that? I was doing that for there to be a moment of levity and self-deprecation for the audience to be like, you know what? I like him. Let me give him a chance. He's a human like me. Because when Trump went on Jimmy Fallon, he says, hey, Jimmy, uh, Trump, they say your hair is a toupee. He said, my hair's not a toupee. It's my hair. He says, you sure? Can I touch it? He says, well, I'm about to go to a fundraising at Rhode Island. I just hope the people in Rhode Island know if my hair is messed up is because of Jimmy. He goes like this. You know what Jimmy does? Have you seen this? I he messes so. with his hair. He pulls his hair. He says, no, it's real. Guess what? Done. The world watching and said, no, oh, he thought he was an uptight you know, guy. He let Jimmy play with his hair. What was that all about? These are moments where people kind of say, He's like me. DeSantis' challenge is, my opinion, and I asked him, I could be wrong. You ever met people that grew up in an environment where they were walking on eggshells with a father or a mother that every, hey, yeah, dude, and that kid grows up like, hey, if you ever want to be a president, you better make sure you don't do this or send this text or send that email with this picture because God forbid, one day comes back, dude, that kind of a life is a miserable life. I watched DeSantis, I watched somebody who was walking on eggshells. So you don't think he has that personal... That personability quality to be he hasn't shown electable. It. Unfortunately, he hasn't shown it. Right. Yeah, he hasn't really. He hasn't shown it. And you have to have it. You know, that the, he, he's partly correct, but it's not necessarily the thing that's wrong with DeSantis. Um, DeSantis isn't necessarily... He, he is walking on eggshells, but not for the reasons that he thinks. DeSantis is walking on eggshells because his campaign is a disaster. Every little move that he makes, he's being just ruthlessly mocked for. And... DeSantis is a guy who, despite his height, I know a lot of people shitting on him because of his height. I'm not going to do that. Short Kings, you know, I stand with you. It's not the height. It's, it's the fact that he, for the most part, you know, the whole like short cell, height cell, whatever the fuck they want to call it. That stuff wasn't a thing a while ago. Not when he was young, when he was in high school, you know, when he was a kid. Uh, DeSantis was a guy who was probably used to getting chicks. Like I've seen pictures of him when he was in high school. The guy was not unpopular. He was relatively popular. He was a hardworking guy, hardworking kid. And he was just probably used to never being told no. He always got the jobs that he wanted. He always got the promotions that he wanted. He was probably relatively well-respected when he was in the military. And of course, when he was a member of Congress, you know, there wasn't a lot of negativity levied against DeSantis. But now the, but now there is because he's, you know, he took shots at the king, the orange man. And he's not used to this behavior. He's not used to that sort of reaction towards himself or his family. He's now under a microscope and he's being ruthlessly mocked for it, which is why he's walking on eggshells. 
And yeah, he he's a relatively rigid guy. You know, he's not he's humorless for the most part, but he's he's probably a decent man. Granted, his campaign is a fucking disaster, and himself and his surrogates aren't doing him his favorability any favors. But um, his issue is just he's not used to being treated this way, and he doesn't know how to respond. So he's trying to save himself. He's trying to salvage whatever he can of his political career, which is why he ended up debating Governor Newsom. He ended up debating him, and in my opinion, uh, Governor DeSantis probably won that debate. He had the facts on his side. He had the truth on his side. And, uh, you know, he really tried his best to hold Gavin Newsom accountable for his shitty governance and to really prop himself up. Because right now, Governor DeSantis needs a Hail Mary to, at the very least, barely get second place in the Republican primary. I don't see that happening. He might get third. He might get fourth. Both of those possibilities are very likely. However, Governor Newsom... He went into the debate not to take on DeSantis. Let me see if I can find the clip. Let me see if I can find it. I'm pretty sure I do have it somewhere. Oh my God, what the fuck? A lot of Oliver Anthony cringe. All right, so anyways, we're going to watch a couple of these clips. I'm going to give you my thoughts on them in one moment. They're not that long. And There are profound differences tonight, and I look forward to engaging, but there's one thing in closing that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Governor, oh my um, God. <laughs> great opening statement. Ouch. All right, we got, we got another one. We got another one. I love this guy talking about backing the blue when you dangled pardons for January 6th insurrectionists, 85 of them that were literally were charged with attacking law enforcement. You talk a big game about backing the blue. With all due respect to the crime rate, again, he's not answering the fact that he has a higher murder rate than the state of California, a 66% higher gun death rate than the state of California. And I can easily answer this point. Gun safety saves lives. I don't think it. I know it. And the data bears that out in the state of California. Yeah, none of that California is true. proudly does lead in terms of common sense. None of that is true. And also DeSantis was uh, one of those bootlickers that was kissing the ass of the regime kissing the ass of the Capitol Police, the federal police that is basically uh, the militarized wing of Congress under the purview of Congress, they do not answer to the people or to the general public. They only answer to people like Pelosi. Gun safety, common sense gun safety. And by the way, Governor DeSantis supports the Capitol Police and rebuked the January 6th peaceful protesters who were set up by federal agents, in my estimation. But, anyways, let's continue. He saves lives. You had the chance to do something meaningful. You had a chance to do something on behalf of those Parkland families. You did the exact opposite. You moved in the exact opposite direction. With all due respect, look at your own backyard, Ron. So You're not mining that, your backyard on this that. issue. Yeah, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, you know, he had some pretty decent responses to a lot of the lies that Governor Newsom spewed, but they weren't as good as I would have hoped. Governor DeSantis could have been a lot stronger, and he needed to be, and he wasn't. He doesn't got what it takes. Governor Newsom lied almost the entire night. I mean, he was being fact-checked in real time. Uh, even some of like the Politico or PolitiFact or whatever, they, they weren't even able to give him, you know, 100% true ratings because what he was saying was just objectively not true. What was Governor, uh, Governor Newsom's endgame here? Here's what I see. What I see is a man who wants to distance himself from the claims that he is running against Joe Biden. Governor Newsom wants to prove to the party, to the regime, that he's one of the boys. 
that he's one of the good guys. He's on their side and he's not, you know, trying to pave his own way and do his own thing. He's a team player. He defended Kamala Harris. He defended Joe Biden, his horrific record. He defended the Capitol police. He essentially just neutered governor, uh, governor uh, DeSantis, even though DeSantis, in my opinion, kind of won. That's not what it looked like. Governor Newsom was definitely in control the entire time. He was not swayed or 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 hurt or or had any shame in in the way that he spoke in the lies that he told. He just went for it. The guy is fucking ruthless. But he is right. He's not going to be the 2024 nominee, even if something horrible happens to Joe Biden. This guy would still not receive the nominee. Governor Newsom is delusional. He could maybe be a vice president. Maybe. But, uh, you know, Governor Whitmer, in my opinion, is more likely to be president than this joker ever will be 10 times out of 10. Meghan Markle, another person that I like to bring up, somebody that I see as being a legitimate a political force within the Democratic Party. You know, people talk a lot of shit, but I've been right about a lot of stuff. I've been right about a lot, almost everything that I talk about. I'm, I'm just nailing it. Nailing it. Um, yeah, this was not a good day. This was not a good night for for DeSantis, in my opinion. Um, you know, and also shout out to Sean Hannity for for moderating this and being relatively fair and balanced, as funny as it is to say that. Go- Governor Newsom went into the lion's den and he handled his own really well really well. And he 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 sucked up. He kissed the rings of the of the the hands that needed to be kissed. He did what had to be done. And uh, that's what makes him a uh, you know pretty ruthless, uh, a pretty pretty wild dude uh, in the world of politics. But I just don't see him winning a general election. For the same reason, DeSantis would never win. The West Coast is not the Rust Belt, and the Sun Belt is not the Rust Belt. Just, just some harsh realities. Uh, let me see if we have anything else here. Uh, let's see. Breaking uh, sources here. Let me get rid of these uh, bookmarks so I don't confuse myself. Oh, wow. What, what is this? Oh, that's some random cringe. We'll get into that later. Uh, so I guess on the topic of uh, running elections and shit, breaking sources close to Trump say Dr. Ben Carson is a front runner for vice president. You know, this is possible. I do see this. I, I, this isn't uh, this isn't hard to imagine. Uh, Dr. Ben Carson was one of the very few uh, presidential candidates in 2016 that uh, was pretty respectable. And he was also very friendly towards President Trump. He wasn't antagonistic towards him. And President Trump also showed him a great deal of respect. Uh, I don't know if they're uh, around the same age, but when President Trump was younger, he for sure has heard of Dr. Ben Carson and his many great achievements. And I think there was a lot of mutual respect there. And while uh, some of the voters were kind of like, you know, not really down with uh, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, after what happened to him uh, during uh, the, the primaries, he is not down with the GOP. He served under the uh, Trump administration uh, honorably. And I could see this. I definitely could see this. Uh, I personally haven't heard it from uh, people that I know, but uh, we'll see more to come. All right. What else? All right. We got a Walmart wedding. I don't know why bookmark this, but uh, I saw it. So now you have to uh, dude. just imagine, you know, what decisions you have to make in life in order for something like this to occur. Having a Walmart, uh, with your fat wife 
and uh, flip flops, whitey tidies. Like, what's going on here? Yuck. All right, what else do we got here? I heard my white son make a racist remark about black people. Should I tell him the truth that I dated and slept with black men before I met his father in order to get him to stop being racist? <sighs> okay. Uh, that should have been for the 304 phase. Uh, I think we already read this one. All right, let's continue. I think we're almost done with the politics. Uh, yeah, we're pretty much done with it. We got to get into this pop culture shit. <laughs> Jordan Peterson. Oh, goodness. Yeah, things to never say to a Jordan, uh, to I mean, to a fan of Jordan Peterson. So Jordan Peterson has been in the news, and he's been talking a lot of smack. He actually just did an interview with Ron DeSantis. All right, so these are some of the things, uh, according to The Onion, that you would just never say to a Jordan Peterson fan. He's a racist, misogynistic troll whose sole talent is spouting pseudo-intellectual nonsense to a cadre of unhinged, toxic sociopaths. As a fan, they are already aware of his best qualities. Wow, that's so funny. You know, again, like I'm not like the biggest fan of Jordan Peterson, especially these days. But uh, you know, I met a lot of Jordan Peterson fans, like legitimate fans, people who enjoyed the book, and they're all really nice people. They're all really friendly. So again, we got the onion being unfunny and just like again, what makes a joke funny is that the joke is like somewhat rooted in truth. So whenever they suggest that, you know, Jordan Peterson's fans are like a cadre of unhinged, toxic sociopaths, it just, no, it just comes off as silly and stupid and just cruel. All right. As an American, letting a Canadian tell you what to do is a beta move. Canada is basically the geopolitical equivalent of a woman, which would create quite a conflict for Peterson fans. Uh, they don't even think in those terms, but okay, sure. I guess this is funny. I'm a radical leftist who believes in forcibly castrating all men and sewing their penises and uh, onto newborn girls. It's kind of funny, actually. That'd be a really funny thing to say just to rile people up. Kind of like when Vito said like he loved the movie Cuties, even though he's never watched it, just because he knows it would piss people off. Uh, they spent their whole lives preparing to meet you in person and destroy you. So yeah, I guess that's one reason never to say something like that because they'll they'll attack you. They'll probably think you're a PDF file because you're sewing your penis onto a newborn girl. Yeah, that would be a really stupid thing to say. That sounds like something Vito Giswaldi would say. <laughs> Isn't he dangerously addicted to benzos? Okay, now that is actually pretty funny. And that would, uh, you know, get quite a rise out of the Jordan Peterson fan. You would suffer from deathly anxiety, too, if you tirelessly battled the woke mind virus day in and day out. Uh, yeah, that's not why he was addicted to benzos, but okay. Isn't worshipping him a form of the identity politics he claims to despise? I've never seen anybody worship Jordan Peterson and I'm a huge, I used to be a huge fan of his, but I never worshiped him. I, I respected a lot of what he did. I respected his work and um, I generally, generally appreciated his, uh, his activities, but like I never worshiped him and I've never seen anybody worship him. Uh, he, he, he became popular really quick. So I guess they conflate liking something to worshiping it. This, this is a confession through projection. You know, like the, the way that the left worships, you know, Funko Pops, Cape shit, anime or whatever. Yes, but fans of his have made their peace with the hypocrisy of it all. Yeah, I'm sure. Can you pass the mashed potatoes? Only Marxist swine ask for handouts. Yeah, I don't even get this, but okay. Uh, hey, stop looking at the acceptance of a wider range of masculinity as a degradation of or replacement for the type of masculinity, uh, masculinity you choose to cling to. They won't hear anything through the searing hatred that consumes them after you say the word stop. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't really get that either. Uh, ben Shapiro is cuter. But who has the sexier, unnerving, feral glare? Um, okay. Yeah, no one's saying Ben Shapiro's cute. I've never heard that ever in my life. Uh, did you read the article uh, before, sh- uh, before sharing your reaction to it? Real intellectuals react from the gut. That's actually quite true. There's nothing wrong with reacting from the gut. I think more people need to be doing that. Uh, just speaking the truth, you know, speaking honestly, speaking to what they know themselves and, uh, you know, sharing their worldview in, in the, through that lens. Because when people just read something, like, just because you read it doesn't mean you understand it, you know? Some people don't seem to understand. Have you tried therapy? Uh, yeah, fuck off. Uh, therapy is for suckers. Listening to a clinical psychologist talk about trans people online is a smart play. Yeah, um, I'm not going to get into this. Uh, let's see. Everyone is a little bit right and a little bit wrong. No? No. Absolutely not. No, actually, no, that's actually not true. Now, now, now I guess they're, this is about me now. No, you're either right or you're wrong. I fucked your wife and she's leaving you for me. There is no way any Jordan Peterson fans are married. So you're confessing to the wrong person. Wow. Well, that's quite a burn there. The onion. Can I borrow your copy of 12 rules for life? Oh, they haven't read it yet. Uh, okay. Who do you like? Like, Oh my God. She's literally at the other table, dude. Shut up. All right, the onion is uh they've definitely lost their way. I don't really listen to podcasts. Then where do you get your daily three hours of Jordan Peterson interviews? Oh yeah, that's that one's kind of funny. It's a little funny here. Salad. Look, if you want to get hissed at by a rabid beef eater, be our guest. Yeah. Uh, so this just seems like a really terrible caricature of Jordan Peterson fans. Uh, let's see. I do believe us. You do not want to be spending your life with someone who believes in the marriage principles of jordan peterson you know jordan peterson is in a is in a successful marriage <laughs> and he seems very happy and content with his wife and you know their relationship is very loving you know despite the glaring flaws of jordan peterson um i don't know maybe listening to marriage advice from someone who's actually married is probably not a bad thing but whatever onion you do you boo you made it this far okay that's enough of that all right let's get get back into more pop culture shit all right so what do we got here Oh, let me refresh this. Parents, what did you do to your child that they never forgave you for? When I started lecturing her about her physics grade, she told me she was struggling in class, but she was still trying her best. I told her that sometimes her best isn't good enough. She got angry with me for my response and screamed at me to please get off her back. As I said before, we never really punished my daughter harshly while she was growing up. And when she raised her voice at me like that, something inside me snapped and I realized she needed a reality check. My daughter had a part-time job for about a year at that point. She used her paychecks to buy her first car, a crappy little thing from Craigslist, but she loved it. I didn't know much about my daughter's life, but I knew she cared about that car. So that's the route I used to punish her. As soon as she walked upstairs after yelling at me, I went online and got a quote for junking the car. I scheduled to have it picked up and junked that afternoon, and about two hours after my daughter's little outburst, she got to watch a tow truck pull her beloved car out of the driveway. I stood in the driveway while the truck hooked up my daughter's car, and after a second my daughter ran outside to the driveway and asked what the hell was going on. I told her the truth, I said that she had been messing up at school and she would be paying the price after evading punishment her entire life. She was just crying and begging the confused tow truck driver to leave her car but I paid him extra to get it out of there faster. My daughter then called my wife who was at work but she had her phone off. After we watched her car get pulled out of the driveway, my daughter turned to me and said f- Those were the last words she ever said to me, 8 years ago. 
My wife tore me a new one when she got home. That day, and ended up undermining me by buying my daughter a new car in the same week, it was ridiculous. Anyways, I ultimately don't regret what I did even if it cost me my relationship with my daughter. She had to learn about the real world someday and I know I did the right thing by being the only person in her family to show her that actions had consequences. Parents, what did you do to your child? Dude, what a fucking loser. Like, what a fucking loser. I, I can't stand people like that. Um, you know, I've heard of stories where, like, you know, a parent would be upset with, like, their kid for, like, some stupid, you know, little thing. And they'll, you know, when the kid is not around, they'll get all their toys and just fucking give it away to people. Or, you know, they'll fucking smash the windows in their car and they're like, oh, you're my fucking house, my rules. Yeah, that doesn't mean you get to fucking damage other people's shit. Or in this case, have someone tow their truck away. Uh, yeah, I would never forget, forgive my mother if this if this happened to me. Uh, I w or, or my father, uh, for that matter. Or whoever, whoever was responsible for, for destroying my vehicle or giving it away or having it junked or whatever. Um, damn. Yeah, dude, people are fucking, you know, shitty. How, what are the odds that this is like a boomer dad? This, this sounds like some boomer ass shit. Here, let's read some of the comments here. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can get them in the view for you guys. Uh, you're lucky your wife bought her a new car because if everything was in your daughter's name with the car, then she could have taken you to court and you would have had to buy the car and you would have learned actions have consequences too. Man, imagine telling people the story of your first car and how you got a job and bought it with your own money. Then your dad scrapped it because you got a bad grade. Yeah, dude, ever thought that, like, you know, physics is bullshit and school is retarded and a waste of fucking time, especially for a young woman? Like, she should be focusing on, like, you know, getting a good boyfriend and, you know, living her life and shit, not worrying about uh, a useless subject in school. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. One of the worst examples of being a good father. Yeah, I mean, this is a great example of being a shitty father. All right, what else do we got here? Um, so regarding children, proof... Proof points, the myth of the quick learner. Yeah, as somebody who used to work with children, this is total horseshit. Um, somebody, again, like if you work with people, just people in general, or you've had kids yourself, multiple children, or you have like, you know, like a young kid and they bring their friends over, like not everybody is the same. Not everybody thinks the same. Not everybody is as quick as, you know, not everybody's equal. The, the, the blank canvas theory is total horseshit. Well, let's hear them out because I like to hear, uh, you know, what kind of nonsense comes out of these people's mouths. Some kids appear to learn faster than others. A few years ago, a group of scientists at Carnegie Mellon University decided to study these rapid learners to see what they are doing differently and if their strategies could help the rest of us. But as the scientists began their study, they stumbled upon a fundamental problem. They could not find faster learners after analyzing the learning rates of 7,000 children and adults using instructional software or playing educational games, researchers could find no evidence that some students were progressing faster than others. All needed practice to learn something new. And they learned about the same amount from each practice attempt. On average, it was taking both high and low achievers about seven to eight practices or practice exercises to learn a new concept, a rather tiny increment of learning that uh, the researchers call a knowledge component. Students are starting uh, are starting in different places and ending in different places, said uh, Ken Kodinger, a cognitive psychologist and director of Carnegie Mellon's Learn Lab, where this research was conducted, but they're making progress at the same rates. I sincerely doubt that. 
Kodinger, in his team's data analysis, was published in the Proceedings of the National Academic of Sciences, PNAS, uh, a peer-reviewed journal of the National Academic of Sciences. In March of 2023, the study offers the hope that anyone can learn anything they want if they get well-designed practice exercises and put some effort into it. Raw talent, like having a knack for math or a gift for language, isn't required. Yeah, it's horseshit. Uh, Kodinger and his colleagues wrote that they were initially surprised by the astonishing amount of regularity in students' learning rate. The discovery contradicts our everyday experiences. Some students earn, uh, earn as in algebra, an example mentioned in the paper, and they appear to have learned faster than peers who got Cs. But as the scientists confirmed their numerical results across 27 data sheets, they began to understand that we commonly misinterpret prior knowledge for learning. Some kids already know a lot about a subject before a teacher begins a lesson. They may have already had exposure to fractions by making pancakes at home using measure cups. The fact that they mastered a fractions unit faster than their peers doesn't mean they learned faster. They had a head start. Oh boy. So we got some Marxist bullshit, you know, head start. That kind of sounds like the head start program. Um, like watching a marathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. The advantage of a head start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see. Memory ability varies. Oh, memory ability varies, eh? So some individuals or some group of people have better memories than others. Hmm. I wonder what that's attributed to. Who knows? It's a mystery. Um, yeah, this is bullshit. You know, some people do retain information uh better than others. Um I would need to see how this study was conducted to really tear it apart. But I'll tell you this. I'll say this comfortably. And anybody can fact check me on this. I'm not making this up. But you can look at every single school district all over the country. And you have graduation rates. You have, uh, you know, failure rates, etc. For certain groups of people, they graduate at higher rates. They disproportionately have better grades. And there's other groups that disproportionately fail. They fail reliably. They have behavioral problems. There are different differences among groups. It's very, very real. So, you know, some activists would say, oh, it's because the public education school, uh, ed, the public education system is systemically uh, racist. Sounds like a lot of malarkey to me, especially since the far left controls academia in the United States. They control the public school apparatus. Are you to tell me that the modern left or these Democrats are racist? That doesn't sound very likely to me, but hey, who knows? Maybe they are the real racists. Maybe they are. We have all this data. We have all this information. But now, all of a sudden, you know, we got these uh, individuals here saying that, uh, oh yeah, there's no such thing as a quick learner. There's no such thing. It's not about who learns faster or whatever. It's about the the head start. They're attributing, uh, the I guess, the the knowledge of one student versus another. Uh, they're, they're attributing uh, one student being more uh, proficient in the schooling. Uh, they're attributing it to a head start. That just doesn't sound likely at all. It's it's more likely that one, stool, uh, one student is just more academically, you know, they're, they're more predisposed to succeeding in school. They're more predisposed to uh, succeeding in life and, not committing crimes or being engaged in fights or dealing drugs or whatever. And another student would be, um, so this is bullshit. This is a myth. Um, I used to train people when I worked for the democratic party, I used to train people, um, you know, in regards to election processes and 
I, I've had the privilege of interacting with like thousands of people and almost all of them very wonderful. But, uh, you know, there were some challenges. Not everybody learned the exact same. Not everybody excelled the same way. Not everybody, you know, conducted themselves in the real world with the knowledge that I gave them the same way. There's genuine real world differences among groups and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think it's more important to understand and to highlight differences among people. So when you are delivering an educational product or when you are training and teaching people, you know, you know what to look for. So nobody falls behind. So nobody is, you know, failing and, and you you attribute their failure to their own actions instead of just, maybe they just don't get it. Maybe they need to be taught a completely different way. Uh, because not all people are the same. Again, the blank canvas theory is is total bullshit. It's total bullshit. Um, so yeah, the myth of the quick learner. Yeah, that's just not true, man. I mean, just like think about it in your own life. Like if you started a new job, or perhaps you you've known some people that started a, a job with you, and they were brand new, and maybe you were tasked with like showing them the ropes and showing them how to do things, and they just they just got it. They just got it really good. You know, I mean, that's that would be a quick learner. And then you and then you think to yourself, well, what about other times where it didn't go so smoothly? There's just some people who don't fucking get it. There's just some people who don't get it. And it can even be like the simplest of things. Like when I started off as like a like a canvasser, like a, a paid volunteer. Um, you know, it's relatively simple. You know, you go door to door, you talk with voters and stuff, and you try to get them to go vote and, and uh, support your candidates. But um, some people who are doing exactly what you're doing, they're struggling. They don't know how to do what you do. They don't. They don't get it. They can't follow simple instructions. All right, let's move on. What else do we got here? Oh boy, the dinks. Uh, this is a, a new slur just dropped. Dinks. Dual income, no kids is what a dink stands for. Interesting. Let's uh let's read this. Or let's just watch a short 30-second video. We're dinks. We're gonna get asked daily when we plan on having kids. We're dinks. Of course we're gonna go out to eat every night after work. Yeah, yeah, you definitely go out to eat every night after work. We're dinks. We don't have to ask our family for financial help or to watch our kid when we want to go out. We're dinks. We're gonna go to Costco and buy all the snacks. Yeah, you're definitely gonna buy snacks in bulk. You don't have to tell us, bro. In bulk that we want. We're dinks. We have disposable income to spend on whatever we would like and don't have to spend on a kid. We're dinks. I'm gonna go to every football game and play 18 holes. Cuck ball. Cuck ball. Whenever I want. We're dinks. We're going to get asked at every single family event what we're doing with our life. You know what's so funny? Uh, I, this is like, kind of reminds me of Oliver Anthony, sort of. Uh, this is definitely like a psyop. You have uh, this new trend of like these dinks, like bragging about like how free and amazing their life is. Uh, I'm not buying it. Again, if your life is awesome and fulfilling and all this stuff, like you don't have to brag about it. That this is this appears to be like a cope, and I I see right through it. Uh, it's kind of like you know, Hulk Hogan once said that uh, you know if you're a cool dude, you don't have to let people know that you're cool. People just know what they know, and um, yeah, these dinks. Uh, being a genetic dead end, uh, being a childless loser, consuming products, uh, consuming cockball. Uh, this sounds like the activities of a loser person. Uh, everything that they talk about just sounds dreadfully boring and soulless. Let's hear about what people, let's read what uh, people are commenting. The amount of hate among uh, Xers towards people who choose not to have kids always surprises me. 
One would think we finally reached a state of civiliz uh, civilizational development when social norms do not matter that much, but I guess we're not there yet. All right, whatever, misconductor. You sound like a dumbass. They're in their 20s. Time humbles and changes everyone in their hedonism. Well, I don't think they're... Yeah, I guess they're engaged in a little bit of hedonism. It, it, it could be worse. I mean, they could be uh, consumers of drugs. We're dinks. Our ability to contribute to the good of the entire history of humanity is void by uh, orders of magnitude for instant gratification of our own minuscule slivers of life. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. Imagine a 2,000-year-old bloodline ending because someone wanted more snacks from Costco. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what's happening here. Snap, crackle, poop. Uh, he just wants all the snacks to himself. Dude, these people are stealing my jokes. We're gonna buy all the snacks in bulk that we want. Yeah, we know. God damn it. Why is everybody stealing my fucking jokes? <laughs> Can I just respectfully say we, we uh, say well played to Big Bro because he's batting way out of his league? He He's probably the one with the money, not her. 50K says she cheats on him and gets pregnant. Dude, that would be unbelievably based of her. Yeah, if you're a dink, like you're just fucking worthless, dude. Just genetic dead end, especially if you're like a European or whatever. It's like, dude, there's going to be like a few million of you and like a bajillion of like, uh, you know, magical people. It's like, ugh. Why'd do that? Uh, literally nothing wrong with not wanting to have kids. Why are so many of y'all mad? It's not that we're mad, but, uh, you know, this is a fucking cope. This, okay, what I see is a psyop. This is a, fe a fed ops, right? You know, you got the, the permanent government pushing out these uh, so-called influencers talking about their super amazing and awesome lives. And they're basically trying to condition uh, other whites to not have kids because it's so amazing. Uh, that's why That's why I hate this shit. I, I see a, a gay ops for sure. And it doesn't matter as long as they are happy or contribute to society with their work. I don't really give a fuck if they contribute to society. You, again, if they don't want to do, they don't want to have kids. Like, I really don't give a fuck. But, like, don't spread your your fucking, you know, uh, goy slop ideology onto us. Dude, this guy's whole ideology is not having kids so he can consume goy slop. So he can consume product. Disgusting. I have kids. Me and my wife do all those things. LOL. Okay, so Jeff Benzos is uh, living the life that he has, but he's more fulfilled because he's got kids. She's so crazy. Love her. I don't know what that means. I'm a dad. I win. Hey, isn't that where I paused it? Hee <laughs> hee. We aren't having kids. We're special. <laughs> it's literally where I paused it. Look at this. Oh, never mind. Hold on. Wait, wait. No, I lied. Oh, uh, disappeared. But yeah, that's where I paused it. Yeah. Look at this fucking bitch. Uh, people who are uh, against having kids are weird. They are fucking weird. Again, it's just like, it kind of reminds me of a uh, MGTOW. You know, like, again, if you want to go your own way, you don't want to be in a relationship and you don't like women or whatever. You think they're your enemy and all this stuff. Dude, that's cool. As a matter of fact, if more guys are MGTOW, it's better for me. There's more chicks at the bar for me to talk to without like some weird nerd like intervening or whatever. Um, yeah, if you don't want kids, it's like, dude, you're living like this amazing life. Like, why do you give a fuck what people think? You're a genetic dead end. It's over for you. Stop trying to make dink happen. <laughs> you can do this and also have kids. Yeah. So people yeah, this is really sad narcissism. It's, I don't know about narcissism, but, uh, you know, I always thought dink was a racial slur. Oh, I'll have to look at that up on uh urban dictionary for sure. We'll see. All right. Enough of these dinks. What else we got here? 
All right, twerking at a community pool got a mother and daughter evicted at neighbors complain, reports say. <laughs> um, unbelievably based. The only reason I dislike the story because it wasn't me getting these people evicted from the from their home because of their gross, disgusting, degenerate behavior. Uh, let's just go ahead and read the story. A North Carolina woman and her 21-year-old daughter. Where's the father at? Where's the dad at? Where's he at? A North <laughs> 21-year-old daughter were evicted from their apartment after complaints of dancing at the complex's outside pool. Dancing is a very generous term. We know what it was. Marchette Foster, who resided at Elmont South Park in Charlotte. Hold on one second. Uh, paying $2,600 uh, $2, a month for two bedrooms, said the apartment concierge confronted her daughter on April 30th following reports of twerking on the pool deck. The Charlotte Observer reported earlier this month. In a statement to the Charlotte Observer on May 9th, Element South Park said they were evicted due to extremely unacceptable behaviors. And I agree. From Foster's daughter and her friends, alleging that the group was captured on video performing acts of public nudity, fighting, and other extremely unacceptable behaviors. They added that children were in the vicinity when it occurred. Yeah, ghetto people don't give a damn if, like, children are, like, around or if there's, like, you know, like, a demand or an expectation of peace and quiet and civility. They're, they'll just do whatever the fuck they want. So I'm glad this happened. Again, I'm just mad that I wasn't the one who was responsible for getting them evicted. We are proud to be a diverse community with residents and team members from all backgrounds. The statement uh, obtained by the observer said, according to the report, Foster said that her daughter identified as Elena uh, apologized to the staff, telling them that she would stop doing it. Additionally, Foster told the outlet that the concierge said that Elena had too many guests by the pool, emphasizing that they did not have the same complaint about white residents <laughs> who were also there in their group of guests. This resulted in Elena's friend cursing at the concierge. She added, this is a very, this is very troublesome to me. I really believe this residence. They do not spread the rules fairly. Wait, they, they do not spread the rules. fairly." Uh, guys, I'm reading it exactly as she wrote it. As she stated this, uh, as she made this statement, Foster told the relay, uh, the Riley uh, news and observer, you are discriminated against. You're discriminated here. Jesus Christ. However, <laughs> Foster denied the claims made by the apartment complex. They're making us out to be unkempt, uncouth, that we don't follow the rules, she said, according to the outlet. The Charlotte Observer reported that after Foster received her eviction notice, she hired a lawyer who told her to remain in her apartment following the complex's deadline to contest it. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty obvious they're guilty as shit, and I'm glad this happened to a more deserving group. And it's like, oh, well, it doesn't happen to the white people. Yeah, probably because they're not fighting and showing their fat asses and their, their disgusting punitis, you know? Uh, yeah, dude, some people are just so oblivious to the rules and they think nothing, consequences don't apply to them. Rules and policies don't apply to them because they're, they're magical and they're special and they're stunning and they're brave. And to hold them accountable is to be racist or something. Again, I'm just, I'm just really upset that it wasn't me that got to uh, have them evicted. All right, let's move on. All right, so Derek Chauvin was stabbed 22 times by a federal inmate uh, who says he attacked him on Black Friday, a symbolic connection to BLM. Now, uh, I know I went over the, the Derek Chauvin stuff and how awful it was. However, the person who did the stabbing is quite interesting. The man who stabbed ex-Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin in prison uh, purposely attacked on Black Friday as a symbolic connection to the Black Lives Matter movement, according to investigators. Now, again, that's not the most important part. 
Former Mexican mafia member, more like a Mexican cartel member, John Tursak, 52 years old, stabbed Chauvin 22 times inside a Tucson federal prison and said he would have killed him if corrections officers had not responded so quickly, prosecutors said. He is now uh, charged with attempted murder, assault with intent to commit murder, assault with a dangerous weapon, and assault resulting in bodily injury. Tursak, who is serving a 30-year sentence for crimes committed while working as an FBI informant, said he thought about stabbing the ex-cop convicted of killing a black man, George Floyd, by kneeling on his neck during his arrest for months. Wow. Wow. A federal agent, or not a federal agent, I apologize, a FBI informant is responsible for the attack against uh, Derek Chauvin uh, right here. This is him. He was stabbed 22 times. Uh, so stabbing a man 22 times, that is not necessarily sending a message. That, that This was a hit on, in my opinion, wrongly convicted former police officer Derek Chauvin, who is a corrupt cop, but he doesn't deserve what is happening to him now. And... I think the regime has every reason to take out somebody like Derek Chauvin because his presence, his existence is an affront to, um, you know, to, to, to the judicial system. We're, we're seeing a, a pretty blatant disregard for the rule of law. We're seeing a blatant disregard of the facts. And at this point, it's abundantly clear that this guy got bamboozled. He got hoodwinked. He got the, just a, the wrong end of, you know, he's on the wrong end of, of justice in this regard. Um, and if he continues to contest his conviction, continues to contest what has happened to him, all it does is serve to embarrass the regime. And uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be a move to, uh, to have him removed. They're, they're, they're going to, they're going to throw more people at him. Uh, Derek Chauvin is not safe and in my estimation, you know, did not receive a fair trial, even if he deserved to to stand trial. Um, the jury was not impartial. There I don't know where he could have gone to have received a jury verdict that would have been impartial and fair. Uh very sad day. But yeah, uh the the the, the feds, the the permanent government, they got goons everywhere. You're not safe. This is why they want to import more and more military-aged males. Because they'd be willing to do shit like this to us. Dangerous times. All right, let's continue. Los Angeles serial killer suspected of slaying three homeless people in four-day spree. Do not sleep alone tonight. Uh, so, yeah, now we got uh, fear. Fear has struck the homeless community. Three homeless men were fatally shot while sleeping on the streets of Los Angeles this week. And police believe the serial killer is behind the deadly spree. Or a serial killer is behind the deadly spree. The unknown assailant kicked off his deranged attacks on Sunday after 3 a.m. when he killed a 37-year-old man sleeping in an alley in the Westmont neighborhood of the city. The killer struck again nearly 24 hours later, this time targeting a 62-year-old man behind a building. The third victim, a 52-year-old man, was killed around 2.30 a.m. Wednesday, police said. The commonalities amongst these homicides are that each of the victims were in an open area, whether it be a sidewalk or an alley, they were alone. LAPD uh, chief Michael Moore said, uh, not that Michael Moore. We believe a single individual approached each one and shot and killed each one as they slept. There are similarities in each of the three cases. Uh, yeah. So this is basically like the plot of the last season of the wire when they were trying to get that one dude after uh, each murder, the suspect fled in a dark colored sedan. 
it's kind of funny that this guy fled the scene in this vehicle. It's a relatively new car, and they just they still haven't caught him. Mm, police describe the suspect as a possible male who's acting alone. Yeah, probably. The killer struck three times in South, uh, South and Central Los Angeles. This is individuals, not encampments, that are being preyed on. The homeless serial killer scare comes more than 20 months after the Gerald Brevard III was charged with stalking and assaulting unhoused people. The hell is this woke shit? Homeless people, they're homeless. In the Big Apple in Washington, D.C., Brevard, who was also homeless, allegedly attacked three separate homeless people as they slept on the streets of the major metro areas. Oh, guys, they misspelled this so horribly. He seriously uh, injured uh, two of his victims and killed one, investigators allege. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's a, there's almost like 200,000 homeless people, like close to 200,000 homeless people in California right now. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit going on out there. And it's really hard to keep track of all these homeless folk. So if somebody really wanted to prey upon them and target them, uh, they absolutely could. And, uh, yeah, now we're seeing that. You know, this is Biden's America. Biden's America. All right, let's continue. The fuck is this? Oh, yeah. So on the topic of crimes, set it up on my feed. So with the with the advent of all these uh, celebrities, e-celebrities, uh, you know, people are doing some crazy shit. I don't know. I, I wanted to share this with you and I'm going to share my thoughts. She was filming a TikTok video when the unthinkable. She was filming a TikTok video when the unthinkable happened. A terrifying moment as a young woman makes a new TikTok video. She's dancing in her living room. Suddenly, a man has burst into the apartment through a second floor balcony door. Who are you? Please get off. Initially, when, his, when I saw his hands in his pockets and I was standing there fearful, I thought maybe he was going to come at me with a weapon. As she backs out, she's able to grab an image of the intruder standing at the balcony door in Hagerstown, Maryland. Please get out of my apartment right now. Get out. Get out. Right now I'm standing directly in front of my apartment and the second story balcony right here is where he had entered. You can hear her knock on a neighbor's door for help. I recognized him almost immediately based off of his clothing um, and knowing that I had seen that face and that outfit around my apartment complex many, many occasions. 25-year-old Hannah Viveret says it could have been much worse. Had I not made a run for the, the front door, um, he could have possibly tried to, you know, barricade me somewhere else in my apartment. 36-year-old Angel Rodriguez Gomez was charged with burglary, assault, mm, and stalking. Gomez, eh? Yeah, all right, so some of the things that like, kind of stick out to me uh, watching this. A when you live in an apartment, hold on one second. I want to make sure no one's at my front door. I keep hearing shit. I'm, like, talking about this story about stalking, and now I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Is somebody at my, my shit? Oh, no, we're good. I'm just hearing things. Dude, that's why I open carry. That's why I open carry, guys. Um, so some of the things that stood out to me uh, watching this. Here, I'm going to play this with the audio so I can give commentary. Uh, first off, she says that she recognized this guy. I understand that she's in disbelief, but if you, let's say, I'm just going to assume this woman lives alone. If you live alone, uh, don't ask who are you, especially when you've, said, when you've seen them before, you know, lurking. Uh, you need to just leave that situation. Um, 
the Rodriguez Gomez guy, whatever. Uh, he's kind of fat. Um, and she's, you know, really thin and cute. So she could easily outrun this dude, which is what she should have done. Uh, granted, she did go to a neighbor. She did seek help immediately, but not in my opinion, not fast enough. You need to leave that situation right away. Um, you know, this guy somehow climbed up onto the balcony. The balcony has two doors, one, uh, probably to a little utility closet, because on the West Coast, a lot of these uh, apartments, they have little utility closets out by the balcony. And then, of course, the, the door that leads to the inside. Uh, yeah, okay, so first off, if you live alone and you see that fucking balcony door open, you need to just leave the house. You need to leave the house immediately. Uh, you're insane. And, you know, this person was probably really easy to find. Um, you know, there's two thoughts that go through my mind. One it's like a neighbor or somebody who lives somewhat close by and saw her and has been stalking her and followed her home Two, which is probably more likely than the latter is that she posted her personal information somewhere and her address and stuff is relatively easy to find. And that's how he was able to, you know, basically find out where she lived. Um, and we live in an age where a lot of these, uh, TikTok influencers, they are, they're just sharing way too much information about themselves. I mean, even then she's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I was just stalked and I'm like really cute and stuff. And like, Oh yeah, here's my balcony. Here's my house. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, she made, she made really horrible decisions that day. Granted, it could have been much worse. Uh, also I'm not really that impressed with the dancing. Uh, this, this seems like somebody who is, uh, definitely fueled by attention from uh, desperate lonely males. And then when she gets unwanted attention, you know, she's, she doesn't react the way that she should. Uh, but that's what happens when you court really creepy, creepy guys. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, let's read some of the comments really quick. Oh my, the fear she must've felt. I'm glad she is okay. And he left B, uh, left B because usually it doesn't end that well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the fact that her landlord wouldn't let her move out and the intruder was also not in jail yet infuriates me. I saw this on my FYP on TikTok. Huge props to the neighbor who let her in with no questions. Yeah, I mean, if some cute girl wants to come inside, uh, it's not a problem, uh, especially if she's in distress. She's probably not really a threat. Uh, that's some bravery to be able to look a possibly armed intruder in the eye and say, get out of my apartment. Glad she's okay. Well, what else is she supposed to say? What else is she supposed to do? Uh, only one advice, never leave your door unlocked. Yeah, it's a pretty obvious one. Door unlocked doesn't matter how safe you think your neighborhood is. All it takes is that one time. That is true. Uh, moral of the story, if you tell a burglar to get out of your house, they will obediently follow your orders. Yeah. That's chilling AF. Ugh. Lock your doors and windows every night. I know I do. And I also open carry in my own home because I'll be damned if I'm a fucking victim. Um, before we, uh, conclude the creepy crime stuff, I do have a, a really funny video, uh, kind of, kind of similar. We got another influencer. Oh, Jesus Christ this is Oliver Anthony shit. I don't know what I was thinking, uh, with those. Hold on. Let's get rid of this Dana White thing. We already went through that. Uh, hold on. We already did this Patrick, but David thing. Oh yeah. Right here. So again, um, influencer. Beta males. So apparently this, uh, this, this, uh, pathetic, uh, simp, he was like a moderator for this, this specific woman right here, this, this influencer 
this cosplay girl. And he traveled quite a long ways to be really close to her and to help her set up this thing. We're going to read some of the comments um, that explain the lore better than I will. Let's just go ahead and watch this 44-second clip. All right, so let's describe the, the simp really quick. Uh, he's got very thin, pool noodly arms. He Very thin, nerdy build. Uh, he's got the, the fluoride stare. He's got a neck beard. Um, the kind of dude who a popular cosplayer would never give the time of day. I'm very surprised that it fit perfectly in the dimensions because I just like eyeballed it. Yeah, nailed it. All right, so she's, uh, I guess, communicating with her chat and the the pathetic beta male simp is like, oh, you nailed it. And he puts his hand up to give her a high five. Uh, The popular cosplay girl, the super hottie, she never looks this dude in the eye. She doesn't really acknowledge his existence. Uh, and there's all, there's also like other beta orbiters in the area and they all seem to be, uh, they have their eyes trained on her because you know, she's like a hot chick. Well, and, and then they notice what's happening and they laugh at this, uh, at the beta nerd. Nailed it. Show banner. Okay. Ooh, that, that stinks, Rance. Yeah. That stinks. <laughs> yeah. So the, one of the, the neck beards in the back, he's like, Oh dude, that stings, bro. You know, they're just laughing at this the, this neck beard, this little nerd who came to set up the you know her little cosplay table. So that's the bottom of it. Social media: Catwoman, Silk, Booty, Spider Gwen. Damn, the chat's being mean to you. Oh, I don't care. I'm a mod. I don't give a shit what they say. He's used to chat being mean. Ugh. All right, we're going to read some of these comments. Remember when she pretended that she only showed off her body for views because her husband forced her to? Oh, this is Amaranth. Oh, yeah, I don't even know who this woman is. Like, apparently, this is Amaranth. And now that she's divorced, she uh, she just keeps doing it anyhow instead of doing normal content. Uh, in, my part, uh, in my opinion, that was a scam. Uh, let me see. Oh, don't give a shit. I'm a mod. And then they put the crying Wojak face. It's pretty funny. Not going to lie. That is just... Sad, the man. <laughs> I'm dead. LOL. At least he gets the fab to all her plastic in full display now. Uh, most guys like this go in for a hug and get rejected, but my dude couldn't even secure the high five. Ouch. One thousand percent. Honestly, never does. Stop wasting your time paying these streamer girls. Um, notice you and spend that time in the gym, learning a new language, finding legal side hustle, etc. Yeah, I can agree with that. He gets paid by inhaling her air. Also, blue shirts enjoying this. Who the fuck high fives a girl? Yeah, I know, right? No, the chat was clowning him about coming up here before this specific clip. Look at her body language. She didn't want to be anywhere near him. She never once looked him in the eye or in his direction. I put most of the blame on him for the fact that he didn't read the room. Hold on, we got to expand this. She doesn't even know him, and he volunteered himself without even asking and drove all the way up there to help out with her table. She had no one to help her, and his simp urges wanted to come to her rescue and look at the results. She's a parasite. She doesn't care about her audience. She only cares about their wallet. You know, this is exactly what I said about uh, Pokimane. 
That's exactly what I said about Pokemane. Pokemane knows what she's doing. I don't even like care too much about Pokemane and her shitty behavior because I ex- that's what I expect her to do. She's doing what she's supposed to do, right? She's surrounded by pathetic men. Pathetic, weak, frail men that just throw money at her for whatever reason. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, especially in this economy. And they're getting nothing for it. If they're lucky, they may get a shout out on the internet for like two or three seconds. Meaningless. But And Pokemon knows that they're going to do this. And it doesn't matter how how mean or, or, or demeaning she is to these guys. They're going to just keep giving her money. Same with these dudes that are fans of Amaranth. I think that's her, her name. Um, you know, they, they know that they worship the ass that's on her. They look at her. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's, she's hot. I'll give her that. But uh, I don't know. I just don't care for women like this. I don't find, you know, hot chicks on the internet uh, streaming to be quite interesting, to be honest. And I honestly have anything better to do than to watch them or to listen to their stupid opinions about literally anything. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if I was like, you know, um, no, actually, no, no. I can't think of a single fucking thing that I would care to listen to uh, by these women. Uh, <laughs> it's, I just, no, like, look at this. Look how fucking embarrassing this dude is. You know, I'm going to play this with the audio. Look at this fucking dork. You know, he's hunched over. His posture is shitty. You know, he's looking at the camera and he's like, I'm going to give Amaranth a high five. And he's looking at the chat like, hey guys, this is it. This is my moment. Are you watching me? And she can't even be bothered to look in his direction or to acknowledge his presence until she picks up the phone or the camera or whatever. And she's reading her fans just roast this dork. Like, I'm a mod. I don't give a shit what people think. Dude, you're a mod. Nobody, like, people don't even know you exist, bro. This guy's a fucking worm. This behavior right here should be mocked relentlessly. Anybody who behaves, dude, I hope I don't know anybody this pathetic. I really hope I don't know anybody that pathetic because, like, I want nothing to do with the uh, with with these like beta orbiters or these pathetic simps. Disgusting. Anyways. We got one more of these stalker moments. Let me go ahead and re- refresh. Oops. A mother is seen with her child about to walk into their home. The next to her is a random stalker right behind her. God damn, this music is dramatic. The man has the audacity to even open the gate and walk up the stairs. The woman desperately looks to find her keys rightfully, but she is nervous and afraid. Mm-hmm. All right, so it looks like the the neighbor in the red shirt. Shout out to that guy. He probably saved this woman's life and the life of her kid. Um, with her child about to yeah. So all right, so here we're gonna mute the audio. We're gonna play this out, and I'm gonna explain what's going on. So first off, um, you're. You're doing way too much, sweetheart. You're on the fucking phone. You're holding your baby like it's all goofy the way you're holding this kid. Uh, what if he just wanted to sell her something? Uh, no. Uh, first off, this guy's not trying to sell anything. First off, he's wearing all black. It's a terrible thing to wear when you're trying to sell stuff. 
Uh, you're holding up a cup. Uh, I don't see a clipboard. I don't see a binder. I don't see a folder, MTMG. So this guy is definitely not trying to sell her anything. This is definitely the behavior of a predator. Um, and she was also, again, if he was trying to sell her something. All right. So again, I, I used to go door to door. I was a canvasser. I was a volunteer for a political party way back in the day before I got into politics. Well, actually that was my, my, my origin in, into politics. It started off, uh, uh canvassing. So if I notice somebody who is on their phone and they're holding their baby, they're occupied. Um, that's not somebody I want to talk to. Not because, you know, I'm rude. I don't want to be rude and I'm not going to get a sale. Uh, or I'm not going to get people to listen to me because they're occupied. They got a baby in their hand. They're holding the baby like an idiot. They're on the phone. They're, they're not going to care what I have to say. What what's happening on that phone is a thousand times more important than anything that I have to say. Um, so now this guy's not a, uh, a salesperson, uh, drugs. I don't know if they're trying to sell drugs. It's possible. I mean, who does that? Who goes up to random mothers, uh, <laughs> you know, and just tries to, uh, you know, sell them drugs. Um, so yeah, so she's not aware of her surroundings. And even if she was in a situation where she needed to defend herself, how could she, she's just doing way too much. And also, uh, these flip-flops, sweetheart, you got to get rid of those. All right. So she's not paying attention. The guy is looking around, seeing if the coast is clear. He's, he's probably, uh, you know, strung out to be honest. And then when she notices this guy approaching, She's struggling to get in the house quickly and she doesn't know where the keys are at or the, where the proper key is at. So she's freaking the fuck out. Uh, yeah. So this is a big problem. Yeah. And then of course the, his body language suggests that he's approaching, he's approaching her slowly cause he wants to know what he can get away with. So even if he's strung out, you can still be strung out and be quasi self-aware or, uh, aware of your surroundings. Yeah. So look at her. She's panicking. She's looking in direction of red shirt guy. So, in the event that she needed to get into the house quickly, she failed because she doesn't know where her key is at. Two, she's holding the kid like an idiot. Um, and three, she was also on the phone. Uh, I would drop the phone, drop your fucking phone, hyper-focus on the key that you need. You should probably know exactly how to feel for it in your pocket before you even make it in front of the, uh, step in front of that door and then get inside as quickly as possible and... Uh, hopefully just scream out the window and tell someone to call 911. Or if you're lucky, you'll have like a landline in the house because you dropped your phone because dropping the phone and locking your home is more important than um, than not securing yourself and your child. Uh, again, just a stupid woman. Uh, this woman did not take her uh, safety seriously. And uh, yeah, redshirt dude, you know, he squares up. He stands up. See, the redshirt dude walks confidently like a Chad towards this thug. He takes a couple steps back. He's, uh, you know, assessing the situation. So yeah. Um, you know, these stalkers, man, you know, these creepy people, dude, you got to look out for the shit. And especially right now it's November or not November anymore. Uh, we're in early December and we're going to get a lot of porch pirates out there. So we're going to see a lot of these creeps following the Amazon drivers, the FedEx drivers, the UPS people, they're going to be following, you know, uh, mom and dad or the, the guy, guys or girls who live in these houses and pick up the packages. And, you know, if, if they wanted to, if they want, if they really, really want to do some damage and, uh, you know, they want to get the, the jump on you, they absolutely can. If you're not careful, Oh, uh, this woman made too many mistakes, very costly. All right, well, we got to move on. Uh, let's see. All right. So I think this is the last crime topic. So, uh, space outer space, 
like, you know, sci-fi space. The first crime ever committed in space was committed by a woman. <laughs> so Russian space officials tried to blame NASA astronaut for Soyuz air leak in 2018 report. So this is brought to my attention. Very, very interesting. So someone deliberately drilled a hole into a space station, which is very dangerous. Uh, I shouldn't have to explain why that is. So Cape uh, Canaveral, Florida, uh, NASA's head of human space flight says the agency stands behind its astronauts following claims that the U.S. crew member that a U.S. crew member at the International Space Station sabotaged a Russian Soyuz spacecraft in 2018, causing an air leak at the orbiting laboratory. On February on Friday afternoon, August 13th, during a media teleconference about recent delays with Boeing's uh, Starliner spacecraft, NASA's humans. Uh, space flight chief Kathy Leaders told reporters that the personal attacks against NASA astronaut and Expedition 56 flight engineer Serena Young Chancellor were baseless. Serena is an extremely well-respected crew member who has served her country and made invaluable contributions to the agency. Loiters uh, told reporters, and I stand behind Serena. We stand behind Serena and her professional conduct, and I did not find this accusation credible. The Russian accusation. So NASA leadership statements on Black on Friday. I was going to say Black Friday on Friday. Follow follow on the heels of accusations from an unnamed high-ranking official with Russia's space agency made in the Russian news agency TASS. The agency claims that in 2018, Anyan uh, Chancellor had an emotional breakdown in space and then damaged a Russian Soyuz spacecraft that was docked at the station so that she could return to Earth early. Dude, honestly, this is very plausible, you guys. The article published on Thursday, August 12th, responds to criticism from U.S. media in regards to the near-disastrous incident involving Russia's NUCA science module and the International Space Station's ISS earlier this month. Yeah, so a stupid woman gets impatient uh, with her mission and wants to go home early so she can like watch Dancing with the Stars or something. And she sabotages a ship, risking the lives of I don't know how many people, uh, causing uh, potentially causing millions upon millions of dollars by drilling a fucking hole into this thing. Uh, yeah, this is definitely deliberate. Somebody, uh, again, somebody who works with power tools. Uh, yeah, this this looks like uh, the work of a of of a drill, like a <laughs> uh, of some sort. <laughs> Um, I mean, this is, this is a pretty, uh, you know, this is a pretty strong accusation. So leaky Soyuz on August 29, 2018, ISS controller at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston noticed a slight pressure drop aboard the orbiting outpost. They notified the crew the next day and the crew was able to trace the leak to a small hole in the Russia Soyuz MS-09 spacecraft, which had docked to the space station in June with Anyan Chancellor, European Space Agency astronaut Alexander Jurst. And Russian cosmonaut Sergei uh, Prokopiev, uh, Prokopiev, the commander of the Soyuz at the time, solved the problem by patching the 2mm uh, 0.08 inches hole using epoxy and gauze. NASA officials stressed that the crew was never in any danger. Uh, fuck you. I reject that statement. Uh, yeah, NASA's a joke, by the way. They faked the moon landing. Uh, Russian space officials decided to investigate the leak, determined to find out its cause. Shortly thereafter, Dmitry uh, Rogozin, the head of Roscosmos, uh, Roscosmos, announced that the breach in the Soyuz wall was a drill hole. And according to Rogozin, the person who made the hole apparently had a faltering hand, citing nearby scuff marks 
that likely resulted when the drill slipped. Oh yeah, dude, this is definitely a woman. Definitely a woman. Uh, Russian officials went uh, one step further, uh, insinuating that the unsteady hand was likely due to the culprit drilling in microgravity, meaning one of the crew was to blame, not the Russian engineers involved in the assembly and testing of the Soyuz spacecraft before launch down to Earth. NASA officials knew the precise locations of the U.S. astronauts before the leak, according uh, uh, before the the leak occurred, and at the moment it began, thanks to space station surveillance, the video footage indicated that none of the U.S. astronauts on the station were near the Russian segment where the Soyuz vehicle was docked. But the Russians didn't buy it; they were convinced that one of the crew sabotaged the Soyuz. The recent TASS article takes those claims one step further and insists that the NASA video of the ISS could have been tampered with and that Russian officials were denied the chance to examine Russian tools and administer polygraphs or lie detector tests to the astronauts. All right. Um, yeah, I'm convinced. Yeah, it was a stupid woman for sure. Uh, again, Russians aren't dumb. They're pretty sophisticated people, and they have a history of uh, you know catching liars and saboteurs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, woman being impatient and wanting to come home is reason to sabotage uh, these spaceships. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally buying it. So uh, there you guys have it. Uh, that's going to be the, the crime segment for tonight. Um, yeah, the first crime in space, arguably committed by a woman first. Uh, that's a first for mankind. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and also why, why the fuck would NASA not lie? NASA has every reason to lie. They have every motivation to lie. Again, they lied about the moon landing. Totally fake, totally fabricated. There's just no reason to believe any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, of course, they're going to run cover and interference for uh, stunning and brave women who wants to come home early to watch, I don't know, America's Got Talent or something. And um, yeah, it's embarrassing. This is embarrassing. You know, again, this is, you know, the diversity hires, they ruin everything. All right, so we got to move on. Uh, the finance stuff. Ooh, this one had me, <laughs> uh, this one had me thinking a lot. So it's not just guys who are in the club saying they want a prenup, but now women want prenups too. My husband wants me to sign over 20% of my home. If not, he threatens to take half in a divorce. What should I do? Uh, you need to get a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Dear Quentin. Uh, so I guess Quentin is like a, like a love guru. Yeah. Quentin Fottrell. So, dear Quentin, I live in Florida. I think my husband wants a divorce. I purchased my house a short while before we got married about six years ago. The deed and the mortgage are in my name only. Actually, I haven't even uh, changed it to my new last name. I have about $80,000 to $100,000 worth of equity. Everyone keeps telling me he could force me to sell the house and give him half the proceeds. He says he wants me to sign a contract where he would get 20%. I don't want to sell. I don't want to give him anything if I do. Wow, you sound like a man. <laughs> I have, uh, let's see, hold on, I just read that. Uh, anything I do? I don't think he is going to even live another year due to liver failure from alcohol slash drug misuse. Uh, you're not a doctor, so I wouldn't uh, say shit like that or, or hold hope that he just keels over, which has not stopped even after his diagnosis. So it seems that he could divorce me and force me to sell my home and give him half the money and squander half of the proceeds. He is on disability and pretty sick right now. I won't file for a divorce, and I doubt he can afford the filing fees. Then why are you worried? Why are you reaching out to Quentin, the love guru? Sounds like you're pretty fucking shooken up to me. Much less an attorney. He has done physical work on the house, but I have always paid the mortgage out of my own separate bank account. Doesn't matter. That he does not contribute to. Doesn't matter. Also, I don't feel like I owe him anything. You probably don't. 
to be fair to this girl, she probably doesn't owe him anything. He does have an adult daughter who I would assume would be the one to end up with it. Is this correct or do I have other options? Thank you for any advice you can give me on this situation. Wife and homeowner. Oh, but so before we read the response from the love guru himself, um, in a lot of states, first off, you need to get a fucking lawyer before you consult with anybody on the internet because the only person who's going to have the proper answers is a legal expert. However, uh, I paid for people's divorces. I know quite a bit about divorce stuff. Uh, I haven't gone through one myself, but I know some shit personally. In Nevada, where I live, uh, assets between a married couple are split 50-50 no matter what. That's the law. If there's no prenup, and it's a married couple, it doesn't matter if they've been legally separated or, you know, or whatever, someone cheated or whatever. So let's say, you know, uh, I'll I'll just use a a recent example that I'm aware of. If the man leaves his wife and the wife was a stay-at-home mom, and then the husband, you know, he had, uh, or the ex-husband, he had cars, he had a couple properties, he had this, he had that. The judge is going to split everything 50-50. That's just the way it is. And in this state, it does appear to be the case. So let's go ahead and read the love guru's response. Dear wife, here's a rule of thumb for your marital situation and for life. Don't listen to everyone or anyone except your divorce lawyer. Someone who knows what they are talking about. Who is everyone? A Greek chorus who have limited knowledge of your situation or the law? This is a tragic situation. You obviously got married with high hopes and dreams of a future where you would support each other and care for each other in sickness and in health and grow old together. We only have one life and this is a sad outcome for your marriage. But that does not mean that you should sign away 20% of your, uh, your home due to idle threats from your spouse or anyone else who may have an agenda of their own. It's never a good idea to make a financial decision based on fear. It rarely leads to a positive result. Florida is an equitable distribution state, meaning that marital assets in the divorce are distributed equitably. So it's 50-50, if not always equally. However, you have gone to great lengths to ensure that your house remains separate property. If you were to divorce, you would likely keep it. That's actually not true. Again, (laughs) that's not fucking true. It's not fucking true, dude. Uh, In some cases, the appreciation or increase in value of separate property can be deemed marital uh, property by a court. If the spouse has significantly contributed to that, Florida courts have ruled uh, premarital value and passive appreciation may be deemed non-marital. Your other priority, it would be a folly to sign a a postnuptial agreement or any kind of contract promising to give your husband 20% of your property. If your husband has liver failure, putting uh, his health and life number one on your list of priorities would enable you to walk away knowing you have done all you could do. This 12-step program or Alcohols Anonymous uh, has a very simple message for family members. Uh, People, blah, hold on, it's boring. If I how to start a conversation with a loved one about their substance abuse, blah, 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 uh, you want to ensure you hold on to the sole ownership of your home, but that does not mean you can't honor your original vows to each other. If you do get divorced uh, or, or your husband's addiction worsens, at least you would know you did everything in your power to help him, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so yeah, dude, all this advice is worthless. All this, all this advice is worthless. Um, so the way to, <laughs> to circumvent, to circumvent a lot of these problems, um, you need a prenup. You got to get a fucking prenup. Doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. Look, if you're a girl, if you're a guy, I'm going to talk with the fellas here. If you're a guy, you got assets, um, do a prenup. You got to do a prenup. You got to protect your assets. You got to protect your family's assets. Now in some States, things that you inherit cannot be taken by your significant other. However, 
the, those laws aren't always foolproof. Those things aren't always going to protect you, protect your family's assets, which is why the prenuptial agreement is important. And again, you need to consult with a legal team and ensure that a prenuptial agreement will be honored in the state that you reside in or are married in. And then if you move, you got to move to a state where that prenuptial agreement is going to be honored because some states don't even honor them. Some jurisdictions just don't honor them at all and they don't care what the, the, the initial agreement was or you'll move into an area or a specific jurisdiction where a prenuptial agreement will end up being void for one silly minute reason or another. And it just, you know, the whole thing goes up in flames. So you got to be very, very careful. Um, not only that, look, if you live in a, if, if you consult with your attorney and attorney's like, yeah, if he wants half of the assets, he's going to take half of the assets. But if you agree to just 20%, dude, you got to cut your fucking losses, man. The other alternative is what a lot of those crazy people do. And, you know, they hire a hitman on the dark web or they do some uh, nefarious sneaky beaky shit or there's like an accident in the house. And then, you know, the person who was like going to do some sneaky beaky shit ends up dying. But those people always get caught. Just watch Dr. Grande. Just watch those goofy true crime shows. You know, the, the person who takes out their, their lover or their husband or whatever um, because the, the other because the person who's deceased was trying to like take something from them. Doesn't always work out that well. Oh uh, yeah, this woman is fucked. And you know what? Welcome to the club. This is what it's like to be a man, sweetheart. This is what it's like to be a man. Uh, you know, it's not safe out here. Um, but you know, it's 2023. You know, it's time for both men and women to get together and say, you know, we need to change the the rules. We need to change the laws and genuinely make it fair. Because the feminists want a utopian style society. They want you know, feminism, they want total equality uh, between the sexes. And, you know, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So no longer will the man be the one losing, you know, full custody of the kids. No longer will it be the man giving up half his shit. Women are making more money. Women are, are less likely less likely to go to prison. They're they're doing, they're, they're excelling in the universities more so than the guys. Uh, it's time that the, the guys get a little bit of, uh, you know, throw us a little bit of a rope, you know, give us a little bit of leeway here. And, um, yeah, I think it's time for, uh, women to start, uh, enduring what men have for so long, you know, just for, uh, fairness's sake, for equality's sake. That's what I vote for. All right, let's move on. What else do we got here? All right. Oh, I think this is a really garbage advice here. Let me refresh this. I tell women today, do not merge your account with your husband's ever in your whole life. He will respect you for having your own money, let him have his, and set up a third account when you merge your dollars together. There's no reason you have to give up your financial identity when you marry. I tell Um, let's just listen to that one more time. Just try to wrap my head around this really quick. Tell women today, do not merge your account with your husband's, ever, in your whole life. He will respect you for having your own money, let him have his, and set up a third account when you merge your dollars together. There's no reason you have to give up your financial identity when you marry. All right, so first off, I've never, I know a lot of dudes. I don't think I've ever heard a guy was like, you know what, her own financial independent, what was the verbiage that he used? I tell women today, do not merge your account with your husband's, ever, in your whole life. He will respect you for having your own money, let him have. All right, I don't give a fuck about a woman that I'm interested in, like her bank account. I don't care about her, you know, how much money she has, how, how much money she makes. Like if I like a woman or like, you know, some, some nice young lady that I'm dating, um, the money is not what I care about or what I'm looking into. And, uh, you know, like I got people who are like trying to set me up with, uh, other girls and stuff. 
like I have a friend who was like, oh yeah, dude, my friend, you know, she's a nurse, uh, you know, my wife's friend, you know, she's she's got this nurse friend, you know, they wanted to set me up. And they're like, oh, they're like, oh, she's making all this money. She's making all this money. I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck about the money. That money's not going to suck my dick. Okay. That money's not going to do anything for me. She's going to spend that money on me. No. Do I want her to? Not, not really. Um, I don't care about the money. And I never heard a guy say, I care about her own, you know, financial independence. I, I care that she's got her own money. I look, if she's working and, you know, she's like kind of responsible and stuff. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. But like, do I really care? No, not really. Um, I will agree though, having separate accounts, I, I, this is more for the guys, to be honest. Don't merge an account with a woman. It's not going to be a good idea because, you know, they're more reckless with their spending and they're more careless in their spending. They're emotional spenders. Um, not a good idea. Not a good idea. I mean, I can go on, but uh, yeah, this is a like, like, like maybe in the rap songs, like, oh yeah, she independent, she I N D P E N T, she, she, oh, she got her own thing, she got her coach bag, she, like, yeah, maybe jackasses care about stupid shit like that, maybe low IQ ghetto retards give a fuck about shit like that, but I don't, and uh, real men shouldn't. All right, what what is this? All right, uh. This is the last of this financial news. Uh, so anti-woke economic terrorists now have wiped out $5 trillion in stock value. Uh, unbelievably based. Uh, very based. Yeah, I I, I am an economic um, terror guy. I don't even want to say the, the, the full T word. And uh, there's an image here of, uh, I guess, what looks like a stunt, like a magic American. And then behind him... Oh, he's got the little Reddit, the little Reddit coat, <laughs> the little uh, 4chan thing. And uh, and then uh, behind him is, uh, I guess, uh, a KKK hood, hooded figure. Uh, very interesting. Anyways, uh, so anti-ESG hysteria driven by online hate platform has disproportionately eroded portfolios of color and sabotaged our planet's future. Oh, dude, I can only be so erect. Uh, call it what it is. Terrorism. Yeah, I guess I'm a fucking terrorist then. Well, what are you going to do about it? Um... First off, th this article um, from AFRU is making me sound way cooler than I am. Um, but if I'm doing that kind of damage to the planet and these fucking woke douchebags, uh, yeah, count me the fuck in. All right, so the anti-woke, the, the anti-wokes, uh, I guess that's a, a new slur against people like me has just dropped, the anti-wokes. Uh, they're celebrating yet another dubious victory as new data shows the, that global investments in ethical companies have nosedived by nearly $5 trillion over the past two years. So uh, under the, the Biden regime, the these uh, ethical companies, new new euphemism just dropped, uh, they're, they're losing, they lost out on $5 trillion worth of investment dollars. Cool. The Global Sustainability, uh, the, I mean, the Global Sustainable Investment Alliance, GSIA, on Wednesday reported that the total value of sustainable assets has shrunk from $35.3 trillion in 2020 to a mere $30.3 trillion in 2022. I mean, th they're still uh, pretty high up there in terms of dollars. It's, uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, the S&P Global Clean Energy Index reports a 30% fall so far in 2023. Uh, it's, we got to pump those numbers up. The United States has uh the United States alone has seen assets in ESG funds plunge 50.5%. Hey, from over 17 trillion to a meager 8.4 trillion based, very based. Uh the repercussions of the anti-ESG downturn uh have not been felt uniformly. Investors of color bear a disproportionately 
heavy burden as they are more likely than why folks to invest in companies aligned with ethical and sustainable practices. These are, after all, the companies that are also willing to affirm that non-white lives matter. <laughs> While anti-ESG sentiments erodes financial portfolios of color, it also undermines our collective efforts to promote positive blah, 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 blah. You guys get the point. Uh, yeah, ESG is taking a fat shit. You know what? You know what's so funny? They did it to themselves. I remember when Google was promoting the like, oh, uh, go ahead and uh, patronize uh, Magic American businesses. Give all your money to Magic American businesses. And they, and they were promoting this, right? They were shoving it in my face. And I'm like, you know what? Any business owned by people like that, I'm not going to go and spend money there. I'm not going to eat there. I'm not going to buy their products. I'm not going to promote them. I'm going to fucking avoid them. I'm never going to talk about them or think about them ever again. And it's not because I'm hateful, but what Google is doing is racist. So for me to patronize these companies, these corporations, um, would be to uplift and promote racism. Racism, antagonism, and hatred towards uh, European individuals or people of European stock. And I'm just not about hatred here on this channel. I'm not about racism. So I'm not going to go to these businesses that, that Google wants me to go to. I'm not going to go to these businesses that Yelp wants me to go to. I keep getting these emails. It's like, oh, support a magic American business. Support these stunning and brave people's business. Here's the address to these businesses. And I'm like, I'm not going to go. You can't make me. And, you know, I don't make a big deal out of it. I don't make a big spectacle out of it. But, uh, again, what I see is a promotion of bigotry and racism. It's like they're only promoting and uplifting these companies because of the color of people's skins to the detriment of other people because of the color of their skin. Why not just promote or, you know, promote and uplift businesses that are good, that provide invaluable services that people want and enjoy? Why not promote and endorse people who do a good job instead of promoting and endorsing people who have a certain skin color. Uh, again, to to go along with Yelp's and Google schemes would be, in my estimation, a promotion of racism and hatred and bigotry towards um, people of European stock. And I'm just not about that. I'm not going to do that. They did this to themselves. Um, again, people try to do that woke shit on me, and I just walk away. I got nothing to say to you. I, I, don't, I want nothing to do with you. I don't give a fuck about your stupid identity. I don't care about your, your heritage or, or whatever imagined grievances you hold dear to your heart. It's got nothing to do with me. And stop holding your fucking grudge against people who did nothing to you. You sound like a jackass. And don't expect to, to take my money or don't expect me to patronize your business because of these imagined grievances. Because of things that may or may not have happened a million years ago, 200, 400 years ago. I'm over it. I'm over it, and a lot of us are over it. Um, so I saw this, and I thought I would spread the good news that our attack against these wokesters appears to be working to some degree. However, they're still in the you know they're still they got trillions of dollars still. <laughs> I don't know how that's uh, a thing, um, but hey, you know whatever. All right, well we got to move on. A little bit more economic news. Um, Nineteen thousand dollars worth of vaginal tightening gel syringes seized at Minneapolis St. Paul Airport. Um, gee, I don't even know this is a thing. Uh, how does that even work? It's like the you know, like back in like the eighties. It's like yeah, Mister Big Dick Cream. You put this cream on your dick and it gets bigger. I'm like, well, then wouldn't your hand get bigger? 
All right. So anyways, an illicit $19,000 shipment of injectable vag- uh, vaginal tightening gel from Hong Kong was intercepted by federal agents at Minneapolis St. Paul Airport last week, according to authorities. Uh, yeah, women in the West are so f- disgusting that they had to get vaginal tightening gel. Interesting. The delivery of 2,536 unapproved pre-filled syringes of tightening gel that required users to wear chemical-resistant gloves to handle was discovered on November 20th. Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection said Monday. The shipment from the Chinese city was destined for the residential um, Woodbury home in the Gopher State. Oh, excuse me, in the Gopher State before it was seized by the Border Protection, blah, 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 from the Drug Administration. The cosmetic gel was wrapped for was wrapped in peak packaging and appeared ready for resale. Medications that are made in non-regulated foreign companies can appear genuine, but are usually filled with dangerous contaminants and ineffective compounds that can risk the health of consumers. Yeah, dude, you got to be careful when you, when you, you know, pick a partner, you, you know, just like, yeah, you're not going to, you know, what do you think of the, the COVID vaccine? Are you about that? Oh, what about this uh, vaginal tightening gel? You don't partake in this, this silliness, do you? Uh, because if they do, uh, you know, it's not worth uh, sticking your dick in uh, that 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 hole. Yeah, because who knows, you know, whatever you're going to get contaminants on your wiener. Not knowing what you are inserting in your body can be deadly. And yet there's at least 2,000 people willing to buy this garbage. And consumers believe they're getting a discount when, in fact, they are purchasing an inferior product with unapproved ingredients. Customs and Border Patrol, uh, Border Protection have made other notable... Oh, shit. Other notable seizures at the international airport in recent months. About 83 pounds of curried and dried beef from South Africa was destroyed after a passenger attempted to bring it into the country this June. Uh, let's read some of the comments. The thought of having to use a chemical resistant gloves to apply this gel is enough to make my private parts tighten up on their own. Yeah, I'll need to see images of that. Uh, what the hell is that stuff? How much does it cost and what is the street price? Sounds like the perfect stocking stuffer if you can get it in. Uh, after interrogating the smugglers, the authorities say they also seem to be tight-lipped. Hey, hey. All right, we got a lot of puns in the, the comment section here. All right, so we got some more 304 stuff. I just discovered my 45-year-old son is dating a much younger woman. Am I wrong to be concerned? A mom, 69 years of age, expressed concern about her 45-year-old uh, son dating a 19-year-old. She explained she'd met his college freshman girlfriend over Thanksgiving. He'd been with Jen Zier for nearly a year before introducing uh, her to his family. Yeah, what's the fucking problem? A mom of two adult children has taken to Reddit to ask whether she should be concerned uh, that her 45-year-old son is in a serious relationship with a 19-year-old. Uh, let's read this post. I'm just going to read her post. Uh, please stop messaging me asking if I want to get revenge by dating a younger man. Uh, typical Redditors. Typical Redditors. Uh, I, 69 female, have two sons. The younger, 137, is married to his high school girlfriend, and they have two daughters. The eldest son, 45, moved to NYC to focus on his career, and now he's at the point when he can relax a little. All mothers love their sons, but he is objectively good-looking, tall, smart, successful, and kind. He's had a couple of his age long-term girlfriends. I've always been sad that he hasn't found a life partner yet, but <coughs> but I understand he was doing it at his pace until I met his girlfriend a few days ago. Over Thanksgiving, both sons flew home to us. My son brought home his girlfriend that he's been dating for almost a year. 
I'd heard about her from him and he sounded happy, but he's not the type to share that much with me or his father. When he said he'd like to bring her for Thanksgiving, we were very excited to finally meet the girl he's serious about. When she walked in, we were all shocked. She looks so young, so beautiful and mature, but definitely young. I pulled him aside and asked how old she was. He looked embarrassed and said she was turning 20 soon. Yes, what's the fucking problem? I never expected him to go for someone so young. Maybe someone 30 or 35. (laughs) As I know, he wants children soon, but not someone in their first year of college. Yeah, dude, he picked the perfect girl to do that with. What's the fucking problem? He went back to dinner. I didn't want to make the poor girl feel bad. My husband and younger son staring was rude enough. So I was very welcoming to her. She's very intelligent, nice, confident, and so on, but in the manner of a precocious teen. Her family are her family are wealthy, so she's not financially dependent. Dinner was awkward but fine. At the end of the evening, everyone went to bed, but it made me feel nauseous to know what was happening in my own house. The next day they um they left together but split when he dropped her at the airport, had to leave early so she could see her family. My son went to visit his childhood friends in our hometown, but he's coming back tomorrow. Is this relationship possibly healthy? Can I voice my concerns or is it none of my business? Uh, lady, it's none of your motherfucking business. Has anyone dealt with something similar uh, in their family? Uh, no, he did nothing wrong. The dude literally did nothing wrong. You know, she can enlist in the military and go fight for Israel. She can definitely be in a relationship with a 45-year-old dude. Like, I literally don't care. Uh, let's see what some of the comments are saying. They are both consenting adults. Get over it. Oh, of course people are downvoting that, cucks. Damn, I didn't realize uh, what day it was. Oh, Friedrich Marx. What the, What do you mean you don't know what day it is? How dare you? Uh, I don't think that it's unreasonable to ask your son questions about his choices uh, as long as you keep an open mind in the process. In fact, uh, I think it is uh, the responsible thing to do as our family and close friends need to hold us accountable when we are acting in ways that are harmful. All right. Well, was he acting harmfully? Is there is there anything bad going on here? As a girl who dated older men at the same uh, at the same age, I have to say that from my perspective at the time, there was no issue. In hindsight, it was a giant issue. No, it's not a giant issue. Why were these older men interested in me? The relationship ended up being abusive. Well, it sounds like you choose abusive men. Jazz like homework, seventeen seventy five. But there are certainly some red flags when older men date teenage girls. She's nineteen. When I think teenage girl, I think like you know like a 13, 14 year old. And that's, I mean, the girl's in college. Like what's the problem? I was 27 dating a 22 year old. And I think that's the biggest age gap I've had. 26 years is a whole adult. There is no way they have a lot in common, especially goals and future plans. How would you know that? How the fuck would you know that? Punching tigers 19. I would tell him so. Dude, people are so fucking retarded. Um, it's funny that you say your son is 45 is looking to have kids. He doesn't need a practical kid uh, herself to make a baby with. Okay. She went on to describe the young girlfriend, ultimately left early the next morning to see her, her own family, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was dating a 20-year-old. Okay. Yeah, so I just read all this. Uh, let's read some of these commenters. Maybe these people are more reasonable than the cucked Redditors. What does May see in December? Christmas. Okay. Uh, older women just hate to see a man from their demo get scooped up by a younger woman. Ay. It grinds their gears. They feel like the man has been stolen from them. So the guy is naturally going to get the hate for it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the age gap at all. Though in reality, if it works, enjoy your lives. Based. Oh, dude, he's getting downvoted. What the fuck? 
Uh, it can't be a family with a 45-year-old and a 19-year-old, but for the sex money trade-off, it is fine if it works to adults, so it does not matter whether it is right or wrong. Dude, a lot of people be making assumptions here. Uh, let's see. Sometimes I miss a day when I go back uh, to my cave and sleep for 24 hours. Uh, if it's over uh, 16, who cares? Yeah, dude, she's 19 years old. She's about to be 20, according to the story. The 19-year-old has something wrong with her. Uh, bullshit. Uh, likely overweight and very unattractive that boys her age aren't interested. What the fuck? <laughs> the 40 Dude, first off, dude, we've seen over and over again, even like the most ghoulish, you know, goblinas are able to, you know, get a, get a man uh, relatively easily. Um, yeah. So the 45 year old is a bum lives at home with mummy who is 90 and spends his minimum wage on only fans. Oh yeah, dude, this guy's an idiot. I don't know what he's saying. He's just rambling. I'm 34 and was catfished by a 22 year old, but you knew he was 22 after a while. How can anyone want your date? Someone so young. It's disgusting. Okay. Uh, dude, I don't know. Dude, these commenters are pretty dumb. I'm 40 and couldn't imagine dating a teenager. Bleh. You know, some people can't. You know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. She's right to be concerned, not because age difference is bad, but because of how young the girl is. She's a teenager. He's a grown man. Dude, she's a grown woman. She's 19 years old. It's gross and borderline inappropriate. No, it's not gross and it's not inappropriate at all. Yeah, dude. I just see a bunch of jealous bitches in the in the comment section. Let me see. Is this a dude? Yeah, Princess Elsa. Yeah, dude, fucking more like Goblina Elsa. Uh, my dad and stepmom are 22 years apart but met in their early 40s and 60s. They had prior marriages, children, love experiences. It changes as you age. Uh, Yeah, dude, people just suck. Dude, people are dumb as shit. Uh, That 45-year-old, he gets it. He knows what's up. Uh, I'm on the dude's side. Uh, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this, but uh, yeah, dude, like, first off, the the mom is on Reddit. It's her first problem. So she's going to get all kinds of really wonky responses from dudes who have no experience with bitches. They they can't they couldn't pull a nineteen year old, and uh, and and a lot of redditors are jealous, bitter, resentful, you know, nerds, um, you know, and then of course you got the comment section, you know, uh, on this news site, just full of the most resentful, bitter, jealous women, just shitting on this guy for dating a very young woman, a young lady. Uh, dude's just got to do you, you know. Yeah, he he got a girl, probably doesn't have a lot of baggage or any baggage at all. She's not tainted or damaged good. She doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have a fucking a wake of destruction in her path right behind her. You know, he got a clean slate and hopefully it works out. Hopefully he proves everybody wrong. And I hope he, uh, he gets everything he wants out of the relationship. Yeah. yeah these people suck. Uh, let me see. Uh, ogres wander the earth with their imp followers. I know, right? Uh, we got more three or four stuff. I'm raising my daughter to depend on a man and live a slow life. Uh, base Jasmine Dini's is passing down a different kind of tradition to her kids. The proud stay at home mom and self-proclaimed trad wife short for a traditional wife who aligns with the dated nuclear. What do you mean? Dated nuclear family model. You mean the proven family model uh, revealed that she would be teaching her homeschool daughter that if it's per- that it's perfectly acceptable to depend on a man. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be, uh, if you want to get married and you want to have a family, and you select a good man, there's nothing wrong with depending on him to provide for you and your children. What's wrong with that? That's a perfectly viable solution. It, it was the norm up until somewhat recently. Her controversial take, yeah, according to uh, Cucked Redditors, which was posted online earlier this year, is opposite that of the modern woman. The modern woman is a plague. 
as nearly half of women under 45 are childless, according to a January study. And Sadini's, who boasts more than 46,000 followers, is part of the growing trad wife movement that has quickly gained traction on social media, earning 282 million views on TikTok. Yeah, it's so popular because it's so foreign to so many people. Look at this mom. Look at this woman. This is a really beautiful woman, little adorable kid. And, you know, she's just raising the kid how she wants. She's doing, she's doing life on her terms. She's, she's literally planning her family. And this is what she feels is a good idea. In the recent clip, Dina's announced the progressive lifestyle base of career-oriented women, saying that joy in life can be found in religion and family, not a job. Yeah, absolutely. In a world full of women teaching their children that their only goal is to go to university and get a good job and make money, I'm teaching my little girl to live a slow life, to be a biblical woman that wants a husband and a beautiful family that she can serve daily. She captioned the TikTok video, which garnered 1.4 million views and an onslaught of rebuttals in the comments. No, she should go to college and, and, and hop on the CC, says the, the fucking, you know, the, the coomers, the, the consumers. This isn't, an unu- this isn't an unusual sentiment for the Aussie mom. She has shared her journey from an independent career-driven woman to a housewife that bakes sourdough and believes women shouldn't run from being a traditional homemaker. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, you guys. There's nothing wrong with it. In addition to a lifetime of submission to a husband, Dinas, I'm probably saying her name wrong, is also teaching her daughter that being a homemaker is the number one career she should strive for. Yeah, um, being surrounded by your beautiful children and your family, being close to your family is probably infinitely better for your soul and your heart and more fulfilling uh, in the long term than like some shitty soulless career where you do nothing. Look at that. Dude, the little daughter's learning to cook. She's being self-sufficient. Good for her. Aghast users expressed their disagreement and dismay in the comments, voicing their relief that their own mothers taught them to the exact opposite. Again, if you're happy learning the exact opposite, why would you care if this little girl and her mother are taking a different path in life? Again, again, we've got a lot of motherfucking haters in, in that comment section. If you're content with being an independent bad bitch, you're, you're, you're content with being a boss, babe, a boss queen or whatever. Like, why do you care that this woman gave up her career life and elected to be a full-time mom, be a full-time wife. Like these are her personal decisions and that's her kid. If she wants to raise her kid to be a certain way, that's her right. And people just got to stick up their ass about it. Like that should, that should like set off alarms in your head. You know, like this doesn't bother me at all. Even if I was like a libtard progressive nerd, this would not upset me in the slightest. Yeah. It's their, their choice. So happy my mother uh, taught me to follow my own dreams, not hers. This little daughter looks like she's having a blast. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm happy my dad taught me that I wasn't born to serve no man. Well, I mean, it's it's a symbiotic relationship. The men serve their family. The men serve God. The men sacrifice their time, their bodies, so that their family may flourish. And so their family may grow. It's not just like, you know, the, the fucking, some Homer Simpson looking ass bitch ass sitting on a couch eating donuts while the wife slaves away and just gives and surrenders everything to the man. And then the kids have to do the same. Like the, the, 
even like in cartoons, like the good ones, like that's not happening. Like Homer Simpson worked at a nuclear power plant and he sacrificed quite a lot for his family. So we see that in art and we also see it in the real world. Dude, I just heard something really loud and scary, but it was uh, some fucking car. You scared the shit out of me. Hold on, let me check my cameras really quick. See if I got any activity here. I gotta let my dogs in soon. The fuck is this? Okay, it's nothing. All right. Uh, trad wives are bad as lib women. The norm is having your mother live with you and kept your wife in check. Trad America shit isn't good. It's a way to make me nothing but slaves. I don't know what you mean by that, Friedrich Marx. Um, I know there's like a lot of like these so-called like trad influencers that are like total frauds. Like I get that, but like the sentiment, you know, like the, the philosophy itself. I don't know about this situation. I'm, I'm just taking this at face value here because I don't know who this person is. Um, this just sounds more ideal to me than a, uh, you know, than the typical, Oh, go to college and hop on the CC and all that shit. Uh, let's see 25 year old SD Williams who has grown her following to nearly a hundred thousand since the beginning of the year. doesn't think women should compete with men. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I said, I, I don't compete with women in her eyes. Uh, a woman cannot juggle both the family and be a boss babe. Uh, probably true, but some can. We as women have realized we can compete with men. Yes, but at what cost? She told the Post at the time. The Virginia-based traditionalist pointed to the Christian Bible, which she said instructs women to submit to their spouse and vouches for gender roles. She said, we are women and we need to embrace that. Uh, let's read some of these comments really quick. As much as I support the trad wife, uh, times have changed. No longer are a lot of men able to support a wife and kids on just one salary. Well, if there's a movement where a lot of women are tapping out, and stepping out of the, the, the workforce, then, you know, demand for, um, for, for those jobs to be filled will rise. And one way to attract new employees is to pay them more. So you, you theoretically on paper, it could work, but enough people would have to embrace this trad lifestyle. And, uh, who knows if that's reasonable or not the days of owning a house, your car, blah, blah, blah. Okay. We read that before. Having both sets of grandparents that were uh, dependent on their abusive husbands, even though one of my grandparents or grandmas repeatedly tried to divorce and be independent, but I couldn't support her kids solo as a high school gra uh, graduated working woman in the 60s. I can see how, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, I, I keep reading those stories and they just sound like, like horseshit to me. Uh, she should read Proverbs 31 where a woman trades real estate and conducts business transactions. Just saying. All right, so people are cherry-picking. They're probably uh, taking that out of context. Well, I hope she finds a man that's in a position to support her. There you go. Susan Jones being positive. Good for her. Uh, she is just as bad as the moms who teach their daughters to be independent of men and and to uh, never have families. They're both extremists, one from lived trauma, the other from religious indoctrination. It's so funny because people only talk about religious indoctrination when it comes to Christianity, but they don't apply that standard to people who are... Uh, or of the of another faith uh, that's very foreign to this country. If, if it's Christianity, people just fucking shit all over it because they're permitted to. But anything else, they don't they don't uh, extend that courtesy to to that specific faith. It's kind of interesting how that works. Gen Z is filled with lazy females. They definitely want somebody to take care of them. Problem is, they have emasculated most of their generation's boys. Uh, yeah, probably. 
Uh, and what do these trad wives do if something happens to that man and they're left with a house full of kids and no uh, marketable skills? Better hope they have a mom and pop dugger with a warehouse to put them up in. And we get lucky like uh, Taylor and find a real man. I don't know any. I don't. I don't get any of these references, but yeah, uh, I definitely support this. Time is at two twenty nine. Shit, we're gonna wrap this up soon. All right. Uh, let me. Let me read this comment really quick. Um, let's see. Women need to be held accountable, and they should be denied trad wife lives if they are born before two thousand eight and forced to work as wage slaves. Well, the unfortunate reality is just because of the way that the economy is right now. Um, at the very least, you know, you need to have both both parents or both couples in the household working one, definitely full time, usually the man and like, like my ideal situation would be, you know, like the, my significant other would be working part time and they will be working relatively close to home. So, I mean, I, I would need to be making like a little bit more than what I'm making now to like fully support a woman and kids. All right. So, all right. So what do we got here? What do we got here? So Ronry, I feel abandoned and lost when my husband goes away for work. I don't know why I uh, picked this one. Um, well, anyway. Oh, no, no. I, I remember. I remember. Okay, so remember what I said. Remember what I said. A, a bored woman is a dangerous woman. So she is lonely. She feels abandoned. She's lost when the man goes away for work. So the man is putting food on the table. The man is keeping the lights on. The man is, you know, keeping the house very warm during the winter and the woman feels abandoned and lonely. What do abandoned women, what, what does it mean to be abandoned? It means to be wronged. You were wronged in some way. When some, when you abandon, when someone abandons you, they're wronging you. What do you do to people who wrong you? You get revenge. And in this instance, they cheat. I think I have abandonment issues. Oh, that's an understatement because I hate being left alone. It's ridiculous. I am a grown woman of 52 and my husband is 58. In my mind, he has a wonderful time. He has a wonderful time away from me and forgets all about me. But he usually calls to say he is missing me. So I really shouldn't be freaking out like this. It is just how my mind works. It's a jealousy thing. I'm left all alone with no fun. Remember what I said? No fun and no one to go out with. You bore these women. They're going to fucking stray, you guys. They're going to stray and they're going to fucking cheat. My world revolves around my husband and I count down the days until he returns. I feel ridiculous behaving like, like the world is ending when he goes away. I feel pathetic and such a loser for depending on him so much and feeling so low when he is away. My entire focus is on his life and it's only now I realize how short-sighted I've been. Deidre says, uh, another love guru, if you fear abandonment in your relationship, it may be due to uh, having been physically or emotionally abandoned in the past. My counseling support pack explains how you can get help to deal with any hangover from your past. It would ease the loneliness if you made new friends or took up new hobbies or interests so you are not so reliant on your husband. See, there, Deidre is setting up the man to get cheated on. Make new friends. What kind of friends are we talking about? Probably a dude who's going to shower her with compliments, surprise her with flowers. On the down low, of course, the husband who's busting his ass for his wife is not going to know about this. If you don't work, uh, think about a part-time job or volunteering. My support pack, widening your social scene, has lots of other suggestions. The, the, the I mean, dude, these this advice is actually not terrible. 
but it's a horrible recipe for this relationship. The man needs to, you know, sort out how he's going to entertain this woman while he's gone. Because right now you got this love guru giving her advice where she's going to meet another man. And if he gives her the attention that she wants, that she desperately needs, she's going to get it from him. She's going to take it. And it's only going to just spiral out of control from there. Yeah, see, you know, it's like, I, I know what's up. Told you, man. You can't bore these women. I suggest she grow the fuck up since she is 50. Dude, there are people who are 50 years old that act younger than me. I don't know, man. This is the nature of the beast. TikToker admits she let high school crush call her the N-word. While she called him master as a term of endearment. <laughs> a black TikTok influencer says she allowed her white high school crush to call her the N-word while she called him master. During a makeup tutorial set to classical music, the influencer who calls herself Ty and uses the handle Ty Baby also revealed that the boy also called her a slave. She captioned the post. My only excuse is I was young and dumb. Ty began by saying she was desperate for male attention and had a crush on the white boy in question. When I was still in school, I was so desperate for male validation and attention. She said, I used to have a thing with uh, a thing with this uh, points to the palm of her hand boy. And he used to call me the N word and I just let him. Not only did I, did he call me the N word, but he wanted me to call him my master as a term of endearment. And I did. He'd be like, what's up my little N word. Or my little slave baby. And I'd be like, hey, master. <laughs> Ty said she let her learn that the boy never liked her. And she was just an inside joke between him and his friends. The video has been viewed more than 1.4 million times on the platform. Ty's followers replied to the video with shock. Saving this to revisit whenever I'm embarrassed for my life choices. Love you for this. Thank you. Noted one. Uh, you could not waterboard this info out of me, added another, echoing the sentiment of several commenters. Ty also noted that she used to think the expiration date on milk was when she was supposed to open the milk container. Uh, what are the odds that she hears the chirping in the house? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know why you would... Yeah, why would you admit this? <laughs> why would you admit this? <laughs> like, I saw the title, and I didn't even bother reading the story because I was just laughing my ass off, but I thought this was like a kink thing. I thought they were like, you know, engaged in like bedroom fun. Uh, that doesn't appear to be the case. Um, and if it isn't, why would you admit this? Uh, pff, Jesus Christ. This is, this is reported by the Atlanta Black Star. Um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. This is fucking hilarious. Uh, where are the comment section? Uh, shoot, I don't see any. Boo. Oh, there's zero comments. Aww. Actually, we got some right here. When you have low self-respect, self-esteem, and no knowledge of your true history, you will easily fall for any and everything that the oppressors throw at you. This is prime example. Looking for validation and allowing anyone to humiliate you is beyond words. Uh, that was Mike Williams Jr. Valerie Hernandez. That's wild. Uh, Orglanda Lias. Dude, that's an ugly fucking name. That's the ugliest name I've ever heard. 
Orglinda Lias. <laughs> uh, fathers, stand up. Our girls need your guidance and protection. What fathers? Honeybanks. Uh, prayer emojis that she finds validation within herself. All I can say is self-love and love at home goes a long way. All right, well, Honeybanks coming in hot with that positivity. Sweet baby Sanchez says, I've always wondered about that with interracial couples. Like I just knew they were doing that kind of stuff behind closed doors. Laughing emoji. Okay. That's kind of funny. Uh, Milton Wallace, a very um, gentlemanly looking person. Uh, the key sentence she says is she wanted male attention and validation. Fathers matter in our daughter's lives. Yeah. Well, you got to tell the men in your community that because a lot of them seem to step out and disappear. This poor young lady is so honest and vulnerable. It is truly unfortunate what feelings of low self-worth will have us women do for validation. I hope she can forgive herself. Kids' brains are not fully mature until their mid-20s. Blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Uh, Wallace Paris, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. So sad. You need help. May we all love and have grace for each other. Evidently, her parents were missing in action, especially her father. <laughs> oh, shit. And these sisters want them some white chocolate. Go on and get it. Damn, Curtis Maxwell encouraging this naughty behavior. Uh, Jahuan Alden Daniels. She's so beautiful, he says. Simp. Simp. Letitia Marie Neal. Going out sad. Um, yeah, it seems like a... Oh, Tariq Nasheed was uh, added in this. This is what happens when you drink the Kool-Aid and take the blue pill. Lost soul. So we got a, a black red pillar in here. Marcus Schwartz, I saw this shrug and kept the moving. What she wanted was a reaction from black men and we played right into it. We shouldn't react to everything, especially with some obvious trolling. All right, man, I think this is a cope. I think this is a cope. Um, look, man, you know, sometimes, you know, sister, you know, she wants that white chocolate, you know? she They, they want to engage in a little bit of a uh, role play. Then you know it gets a little wild, and look at this! Look at this reaction, dude! People are fucking freaking out in the comments section. It's hard to teach stupid, but it's the easiest thing to learn. I mean, yeah, her activity, her behavior was pretty stupid. It's no, no lie there. Uh, no, never, ne no, never ever, girlfriend. Go get some counseling and come back stronger and more in love with yourself. Sounds like role playing, Nikki Scar. Yeah, this is what I just said. Degeneracy is winning. Hashtag the culture. Uh, the unapologetic black man posts that. So we, we got a lot of uh, these influencers on uh, Facebook. By the way, I'm streaming on Facebook. Hey! Uh, and she put it on social media, thinking emoji. Dude, this is hilarious. I couldn't wait to read these comments. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's a lot of coping. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of sadness. People just got to chill the fuck out, man. You know... Well, she's young. She's stupid. I mean, she's kind of cute, I guess. I mean, not my type, but you know, not ugly. Uh, she could she she could get some white chocolate. You know, she can fulfill her little fucking Django Unchained fantasy if she wanted to. Nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> but the coping is so great. I want to I want to go look at Tariq Nasheed's Twitter and just see what he's saying. Dude is full of so many funny shit. Uh, so many funny comments. All right. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, let's see. I like her already. Uh, if I met a black woman like that, I would have kept it. Only if she throws racial slurs back at me. Um, I wonder what slurs would you accept thrown in your direction, Marks, to make this behavior, like, equal, you know? Um, I don't think calling someone... Well, calling someone a master 
could be derogatory or like colonizer. Um, there was a very similar post. I don't think I went over it on the show, but there was a like a young Native American girl, and she was like, you know, like in her like skimpy booty shorts and like a little tank top, and she's like, I want to be filled up by you know some John Smith looking motherfucker while my elders watch and shit, and it was like really fucking funny. And it was posted on Reddit. And of course, like the Reddit is like the ultimate cucks, right? So they're just, they're freaking out. They're chimping out so hard in the comment section. And uh, yeah, what could they say? You know, girl, these girls want European men because we're better. Um, then we got one more story. Um, I, think that's, I think that's it for the 304 stuff. Uh, let's see. I like um, Mountain Ape and Eternal Crying Anglo, both from White, White Bread. <laughs> Turtle cry. Um, I think I think they're called snow apes. I think that's what Matt Christensen said. Like that he gets called the snow ape because he's like from Montana and stuff. All right. Well, we got to do we got to do uh, hoax. Hey guys. Um. Yeah, man. Jesse Small is going back to jail. So, Illinois Appeals Court upholds Justice Smollett's disorderly conduct conviction. What does this mean? Uh, quite a lot, actually. An Illinois Appeals Court upheld actor Justice Smollett's disorderly conduct conviction in a ruling announced Friday. The court voted in a two-to-one decision in favor of upholding the conviction. The video in this story is from a previous report. In 2021, the former uh, Empire TV star was convicted of faking a racist and homophobic attack in 2019. And then lying to police about it, his attorneys appealed, to get, uh, appealed that conviction, arguing that he should not have been punished for the same crime twice. Well, he wasn't punished for the crime once, so that's false, which is why that conviction is being upheld. Back in 2019, he and the Cook County's attorney, Kim Fox, had reached an agreement to drop the charges against him in exchange for a $10,000 bond in community service. The special prosecutor was then appointed in 2020. You know, Kim Fox did not have authority to pursue this agreement to move forward with any sort of agreement Smalls lawyers claim his conviction violated his fifth amendment rights against double jeopardy which is a legal protection against a person being punished for the same crime twice but he wasn't even punished once that's the problem and kim fox did not have that ability she did technically recuse herself but then pretended that she you know punished them anyways so it's not true. The facts do not bear out in favor of Jesse Smollett. Special Prosecutor Dan K. Webb said he took on the pro bono case in hopes of restoring the public's faith in the Cook County justice system. I was very confident going to Illinois' appellate court. I did not think Smollett's issues uh, raised on appeal had any merit, and he was right. Smollett's attorneys added that the special prosecutor who they say never should have been appointed also did not turn over important evidence to the defense team from an hours long discussion with the Austin Dairo brothers. So the Nigerians who were largely responsible for uh, convincing idiots that this fake race hate crime occurred. ABC seven legal analyst Gil Soffer said the ruling was a strong win for the special prosecutor considering all the arguments raised by the defense. The defense, in my opinion, did raise some pretty interesting arguments. Good? No, not necessarily, but interesting, yes. What the defense for Jesse Smollett did was kind of expand the judicial philosophy around double jeopardy, around the Constitution, and, you know, again, the claim, I, I mean, I knew 
that Jesse Smollett was not punished. Let me lower this just a little bit. I knew that Jesse Smollett was not punished. I knew that he was not held accountable for his actions and for perpetrating this blatantly fake hate crime. But the the but the but the lawyer, the legal team, was making a really interesting case that it was. It was interesting. If this honestly could have gone either way. Smollett's team may, may exhaust one more legal effort if they ask the Illinois Supreme Court to hear the case. The Illinois Supreme Court uh, process is really the end of the road for him. It's not likely to give him much success, Soffer said. It's pretty hard to get a hearing before the Supreme Court and even harder to win ultimately when you're there. Smollett's legal team has not yet responded to ABC 7's request for comment. Special Prosecutor Webb issued a full statement on the ruling Friday. As the appellate court noted, Mr. Smollett's challenge virtually every... Uh, challenged virtually every aspect of the prosecution and the appellate court correctly rejected each and every one of those challenges. Today's decision is a validation of Winston and Strawn's tireless work on this matter and a resounding victory for justice. Hear, hear. We are proud to have prevailed in a case that we believe can help restore the public's confidence in the Cook County justice system. When Judge Michael B. Tooman appointed me as special uh, prosecutor in the Smollett case, the firm debated internally and determined that taking the case and doing so pro bono with no compensation to the firm was simply the right thing to do. It was a unique opportunity for a major law firm to give back to a community whose faith in the local justice system uh, had been shaken by how poorly the Cook County attorneys, uh, Cook County State Attorney's Office, uh, had first handled the Smollett matter. Winston and Strawn has always had a deep dedication to pro bono service, and this appointment was one more way we could serve our community and restore the public's faith in the state's criminal justice system. Our lawyers devoted over four years and more than 15,000 hours examining the original Smollett investigation and bringing renewed charges against him. After that worthwhile effort yielded a conviction on five counts of felony disorderly conduct at the trial level, we could not be more grateful that justice has been served once again. The appellate court's decision affirms that the appointment of a special prosecutor to investigate Mr. Smollett's staged fake hate crime was justified, as the court also concluded the record clearly established that Mr. Smollett did not enter into a non-prosecution agreement with the uh, Cook County State's Attorney Office that barred another prosecution for the same offense. In fact, the appellate court held that there was no ambiguity as to what occurred between Mr. Smollett and the CCSAO which only agreed to null pros the charges against Smollett. Given the absence of a non-prosecution agreement, the appellate court correctly found that re-prosecuting Smollett was not fundamentally unfair. We respectfully disagree with the dissenting justice's opinion and its conclusions, which the appellate court noted were unsupported by the trial court record in Illinois' law. I want to provide a special thanks to deputies, special security, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so Smollett's bitch ass is going back to jail. It's over. We fucking won. We got him. Um, He's got one more remedy, and that's the Illinois Supreme Court. Will he prevail? Probably not. But anything can happen. <clears throat> you know... I was lamenting the fact that a lot of these content creators that people who do this for a living, you know, people who are in this space with me, a lot of them do this like quasi, you know, like, oh, I'm objective and I'm looking at the evidence. I'm going to read all these articles and that makes me an expert. Bullshit. You know, what separates the boys from the men is having genuinely good intuition. 
being able to see beyond, beyond the obvious and, uh, you know, calling things as you see it, using deductive reasoning and logic to, you know, come to your own conclusions. And when this story broke with Jesse Smollett, with Jesse Smollett, I made a video immediately and I made a very lengthy post on Facebook immediately. And I'm like, look, this guy's fucking guilty. This literally didn't happen. You have to be a moron to believe this. Believing Jesse Smollett, uh, believing his, his fake hate crime is tantamount to believing the moon landing. It's tantamount to believing the 2020 election happened exactly as it occurred or as it was reported by the Lugan press. It's, it's like believing in, you know, the WMDs in Iraq or whatever. Nonsense. Total hogwash. I, I just can't trust anybody who believes these blatant lies. I gotta go feed my dog soon. Um, embarrassing. And, and you know what? Just what bothers me so much about this whole fiasco is there were so many people that fell for it. And even to this day, Justy Smollett cannot admit that he fucking lied. You know, he could have avoided all this had he just told the truth. They wouldn't let it go if he just told the truth. This obviously didn't happen. It was so obvious to me. And it's disappointing that so many people believed it. It bugs me that people believed it. And it bugs me that he never bent the knee. He he remained consistent with the lie. He, he was just clinging onto it like a life raft in the ocean. Just refusing to let go of it. Um, I said after the bullshit election of 2020 that uh, this stuff is not going to go away. And they're going to commit to this no matter what. They're going to, they're never going to let this go. They're fake hate crimes. They're just too lucrative. They're too easy. There's too many retards out there. They're just going to eat this up. And they still do it. I mean, look, uh, I forgot like, the, those fat women. They're like, oh, even if he lied about it, what he did was still low key noble. It is noble that Jesse Smollett was committing blood libel against innocent group of people that wish him no harm. Um, pretty sad it's pretty sad very very sad that um so many dumbasses are just, just surrounded by them you know it makes you think it's like i feel like a mama we're on our own let's see oh my god you got more more of these racial slurs mountain monkeys of the caucus mountains born from white bread God damn Frederick Marx. Alright, no more no more anti-white racial slurs. Keep it in the bedroom. Alright. Let's go over these bookmarks really quick before I clear out. Oh yeah. Um Air July is gonna settle, by the way. Tony TJ uh TGD. All right, we got to turn off the hate crime music. Just checked. Fast to see. Gonna have to look on Pacer. So Tony, TGD, the Frog King, a fellow Greenskin. The party stipulates, subject to court approval, that the deadline to respond to the initial complaint be extended further from December 4th, 2023 to December 19th, 2023. This extension, uh, this extension 
of time is a second such extension and exceeds a combined 30 days. The parties request the extension of time because they have engaged in mediation and reached a settlement in principle. The parties have exchanged a draft settlement agreement and are in the process of trying to reach a final written agreement to dismiss the case in order to preserve court resources. This short uh, further extension of time is jointly requested. Defendant July and RIPA LLC has not yet appeared in the case. However, the undersigned counsel for plaintiff was consulted pursuant to local rule 54.3.4 and has agreed with his filing content and has authorized the filing by defendant's counsel. Eric July, eat a bag of fucking dicks. I honestly hope Eric July and the Riververse pay nothing in this settlement. The best uh, possible way to rectify this entire situation would be for Eric July to do something many people have asked me to do. Apologize. A sincere video apology would be priceless. It would be absolutely fucking hilarious and biblical if we got an apology. I wonder if uh, the the Dick Cross will be inexplicably absent from Isom's 3D model in the next book. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this on stream in a bit. LOL wild. Dude, I got to get these guys on a stream. We got to just talk shit. But uh, you know what? Uh, I hope I hope uh, Air July loses like a couple million. I hope he bends the fucking knee. I hope he makes an apology video to the good Christians that he uh, besmirched. Um, I, I want to see him suffer, man. Air July's goons brigaded my Discord community. By the way, link in the description. Join the Discord community. He reported us for, I guess, nefarious and illegal acts. Um, he uh, struck my channel uh, twice. And I was able to win one of the appeals. But uh, yeah, they, they came after me, you guys. The anti-woke culture warriors are, are so fucking thin, uh, like so frail and weak and, and just soft in general. Like how can you talk so much shit about Disney, Marvel, all this other nonsense and, you know, rainbow people and stuff, but then get this soft when you make fun of like one of the worst poorly written comic books ever. You know, like, like Melanie Mack. She goes out there, you know, basically celebrating the the burning down of a fucking church because she doesn't like some some douchebag pastor. You know, that's okay. But I say Isom is one of the worst written comic books in the last 10 years, and I'm a fucking asshole. And it is a poorly written uh, comic book. And even worse, even worse, um, Isom is apparently... Dude, check this out. Hold on. I'm going to type in Isom. And I'm going to type 3D. Look at this. Check this out. Right here. Um, this is like some kind of corporate office in the book I saw. Mr. Isibu, this way will take you around the checkpoints. No, no, we got this set up for a reason. I'm no exception. Uh, okay, that's kind of a weird dialogue, but dude, check this out. This looks like a 3D rendering of like an elevator door or something to that effect because standing right behind one of the guards is a uh, elevator button switch. That's a very odd thing to put in there. I thought an artist created this. Hmm. What was going on there? And uh, people are very uh, adamant about finding... 
Look at this, dude. Look at this shit. Here are, or this is from Dick Masterson, here are the 3D assets Air July used to draw, to quote unquote draw ice on. That's why the comic feels so boring and lifeless. It's just ready-made 3D models assembled for cheap and sold to culture war rubes and suckers for as much as they can afford. So on the right here, look at this, look on the screen. We have a 3D rendering model, like some clip art of like some like truck. And this was an ISOM. The truck is dry. Dude, even the wheel is exactly the same. It's all the same, dude. Are you guys seeing this shit? Look at this. Look, look at this shit. Dude, Air July. Like, again, I mean, if, if I'm being fair and charitable to Pokemane. I think I have to extend that courtesy to Air July. But you know what? Pokemon never came after my Discord channel. Pokemon never struck down content from me. Air July and his bitches, his fucking beta orbiters did. Do they have a model for a German beer, Stein? Dude, look at this. They found all of them. They found all the 3D models. Nothing about this work is original. And I called this out as soulless garbage, vapid, even kept in the jaggies and didn't smooth out the body lines from a low poly render. Gotta work fast. Yeah, dude. I was right. I was right about Oliver Anthony. I was right about uh, the ripoff verse. Uh, these these guys are frail and soft and thin skinned. They can't handle criticism. They they want to you know shit on rainbow people and Disney all day. But when we do it to them, when we catch them doing this this blatantly dishonest, snaky shit, you know we get shit on. I don't care for the culture war or ISOM, but like three D models are used in comics. You know this, right? Gantz is a popular example. Dude, he should have just ignored the trolling from the start. This looks really bad. Uh, if you've been seeing what Dick Masterson has been putting out today, it appears that a lot of the artwork from ISOM is just trace 3D rendered clip art. You cannot top ISOM being all entirely made of 3D assets, characters included anyways. I wonder if the Dick Cross will be inexplicably absent from ISOM's 3D model in the next book. <laughs> Claiming other people's art, just like claiming other people's culture, shaking my damn head. I know, Kimosabi. I know. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? Um, oh, I've got some news from the Ripaverse. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean, this uh. fucking clown. <laughs> no refunds. That's the that's the name of the that's no. the motto of the Ripaverse. Here, oh no. Or people can hear myself. Um what we've discovered is that uh, the entire comic is not drawn uh, or traced, but it's actually just rendered with uh, like cheap 3D assets from a program called SketchUp. Really? Yeah, Dick had discovered <laughs> all all of the things in the comic. First, this truck. See, so no, nobody's 
drawing the fucking Nobody's thing? drawing this comic. It's just a bunch of shitty downloadable 3D like models that are arranged in a scene and then rendered out. And With they're the, not even what traced. About the, what about the guys? I'm glad you asked. Oh my First, god! First, I'd like to direct. You see this this trucks here? Isom's trucks. Yeah, this is. So this is what first attracted our attention. Do you see how the wheel, the hub, that yeah. little, that what is that called? That little the the wheel. There's a little flare like above fender the wheel. Flare. Yeah, the fender there's flare on flare, the wheel yeah. well. Yeah. Where above the tire, right. you've got the thing that's cut out of the body, and then on that yeah. body, there's like a there's it's around. It goes around the wheel. Yeah. Right. It just catches a little more mud. That's flinging up off Looks the tires. Looks cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, yeah. So if you if you look very closely, you'll see that this always round thing yeah. has po polygon lines on it. Yeah. You see that? Right. Now, no human being would sit there and draw it. Well, no, that's a computer That's thing. a computer yeah, rendering sure. that, right? Yeah. So, uh, which is why this, which is why this castle looks so odd. Because it's just a bunch of random 3D shit they found yeah. and pieced it together, right? Let me see if I can get that. <clears throat> and, like, <laughs> this hasn't been leaked where that truck is an earlier rendering of that, right? What do you mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, it didn't come from him. Like, it was like... No, it's they, on SketchUp. They, they it's took, on, like, okay. a 3D warehouse for free. Okay. You just download this shit. So you, we could make our... I could make my own ISOP in a just standing flip. position that's been flipped 90 degrees on his fucking back. I know, because he could be like, he could be standing at a gravesite going like, God yeah. damn. Oh, but no, now he's dead. So they've just rotated a, like a shitty downloadable model in 3D space and rendered it and then put a speech and then put a thinking bubble on it that says, I need a break. What about for like all the like specific action scenes for him? Is this really like his, the, the guy is all, yeah. the, all the people are Nothing. just, it's just, oh it's just a whole shitty comic. Look at his front butt here. See this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me find it here. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh now now the other guy does look like him. Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh. Just like six million dollars and you got it just shitty three D renderings from a now, is he going to come out and go, that guy, I hired that guy to draw. I didn't know he was doing that. Well, that's enough. You guys get the point. Yeah, Air July appears to have in my estimation, in my opinion, in a video game, plagiarize, um, you know, a lot of the the, the, the so-called artwork and his, his story and his shitty, boring story uh, from uh, assets in SketchUp. The writing is terrible. Too much exposition, less excitement, incoherent garbage. Um, again, got nothing to do with me i don't i'm not really a part of the culture war bullshit i don't give a fuck about the culture war i the culture is garbage it's, it's irredeemable the, the best thing you can do for yourself is just step away from it and the people that capitalize on it and that are making a lot of money like eric d july they're not even really committed to it you know they're they it's really god without hopefully not sounding like an sjw but Air July, Melanie Mack, and a handful of these other people, they do appear to be, <clears throat> my estimation, very hateful individuals. Genuinely bigoted individuals, really nasty, hostile people. 
that celebrate violence against, you know, like, like those stupid Christians who have the, the rainbow church or whatever. Like, again, I'm not, a, I'm not about that rainbow shit, right? But I'm not cheering on a, a church burning down. It's God's house. And Eric July says a lot of bigoted, hateful shit. He's allowed to get away with bigotry and racism. He calls people the N-word. He's allowed to get away with it. But if anybody else does it, you know, they're on a blacklist. The FBI comes after him. But not Eric July. Eric July is one of the protected people. Eric July is a protected individual. He's got people in, in um, you know, he, he's, he knows insiders, uh, you know, at, at the new Twitter organization, uh, in my opinion, uh, because he's able to effectively, you know, have his uh, detractors banned. And harass. I'm a little bit more careful, so they weren't able to get me. But they almost did. They almost took down my channel, guys. I almost lost my fucking channel because of Air July and his tired horse shit. Dude's, in my opinion, dude, he's, he's just a fucking bullshitter. The guy's a fucking liar. In my opinion, my theory is that he's just full of shit. A lot of these like anti woke people, a lot of these fucking dorks in the gamer space or whatever, just fucking weird, man. Um, they don't actually do anything. These people are parasites. They literally do nothing. Like like Eliza Blue. She's an advocate for sex trafficking victims. She advocates for them. She says she has open cases. What software you, do you use to manage your cases? What agencies do you work for? Or that you're partnered with to assist sex trafficking advocates? She made it up. She's a fucking liar. Uh, there's that, uh, the completionist, that YouTuber guy, he's a, he's a fucking fat nerd, Gerard or whatever his name is, Gerald. Apparently $650,000 in charity money completely disappeared and it was never donated and nobody knows where the money went. All these people, they want to talk about how great they are, how good they are, what good they're doing, but they don't have, but you never see them actually do anything. Isn't that odd? You know, they, they talk a big game, but like, that's all they're doing is talking and people take them at their word for some reason and they give them money for their shitty comic books or their stupid charities or their fake advocacy and they eat it up, man. But myself, I try to do an honest thing out here. All my content is free. I'm not out here trying to pretend to be something I'm not. I'm not out here, you know, fronting or stunting. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to help people. I try to entertain people and that's it. And I can't wait to start selling puppet patterns and do puppet stuff uh, soon. I'm just, I'm still working on the garage on my new little studio space and uh, hopefully be able to deliver more content to you guys. Just have been really busy the past uh, few weeks and also the holidays. So, you know, but uh, you know, I mean, I try like, again, like the great thing about me doing this is like, it keeps me honest. In my opinion, doing content creation, being a public figure, it should keep you honest because lies will catch up to you. So again, guys can come up here and be like, oh yeah, I'm so rich. I'm, you know, I'm decked out in Gucci and stuff. Like I'm not rich at all. I don't have that much money. You know, I come from a poor family, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to be something I'm not pretend to be something I'm not. I'm just trying to make funny videos and, and make useful content and, you know, just talk with people and stuff. Um, but so many people fall for shit like, like Air July's horse shit. And, and Gerard, the, the completionist, or Eliza Blue, and I just don't fucking get it. And even when confronted with objective, like objective evidence, concrete, tangible evidence that these people are fucking lying and that they're dishonest, people still double down and they're still making a lot of money. Well, Eliza Blue fizzled out like a bad fart. I think everybody kind of united on that front, but 
you know, the completionist, that guy's disappeared. He lawyered up and, and people are asking questions, but the vitriol <clears throat> against the completionist just doesn't really seem to be where it should be, you know? Same with Eric July. Like, Eric July did some similar shady shit regarding charities. Again, another, all these fucking nerds, they always want to do charity. They're always virtue sick. Dude, the anti-woke culture warriors are almost the exact same as the social justice warriors. They're all, they're almost the exact same to me. I just tap out. I just stay away from these people, man. They're just, they're useless. They have nothing to offer you. Melanie Mack has nothing to offer anybody. Not even salvation. I don't care how strong of a Christian she thinks she is. Air July has nothing to offer anybody except for that shitty comic book. One of the worst written comic books ever written. Just horrible. Eliza Blue has nothing to offer anybody. I listened to Eliza Blue. And again, I have experience in a lot of the things that she talked about professionally. She is so full of shit. And again, I didn't listen to Eliza Blue because like I don't really care what women have to say and I don't really want to listen to them. But I listened to it because it was a lot of interest generated around the story. And it was just so obvious. Like, this person is a dumbass. And, and, and even worse, the people listening to her and taking her seriously, like Michael Malice, are even worse. Michael Malice is a dumbass. He pretends to be smart. Nah. I mean, oh, he's kind of edgy sometimes, and you know, he's kind of you know funny sometimes. So people like like him or something. No, fuck him, he sucks. The guy fell for an obvious fucking con. Can't be that fucking smart. I didn't fall for it. Uh, what else? Let's go back to the bookmarks. Uh, oh, I guess another three hundred four. Uh, I don't know if she's joking or not. Let's. You guys, let me know. I'm sorry, but if a guy picks me up in certain cars. For a date, I'm just not going. Like, I'm just not going. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't tell me if someone pulls up in this. Hold on, put it on the screen. Hold on. This Prius, you're uh uh. No, I'd rather not go on a date. I'm sorry. I know the type of person you are. Like, I can tell by the car you drive what kind of person you're gonna be. Wait, I'll show you another. And this is for the boys too. If y'all drive these cars, you need to reevaluate yourself because. Anyways, let me show you another car. The only person that should drive this is my 90-year-old grandpa. That's the only person. Well, that car looks useful. Uh, I don't know what the problem with that car is. Okay, hold on. One more. I've got one more. All right. Uh, so she's laughing and giggling at a, a Jeep Gladiator. I guess uh, the theory is that if you drive that, your PP is small. But, like, <clears throat> why did you get that? All right, all right, all right. So let me read these comments before I respond to the stupid girl. Uh, Gustavo Sanchez, if you create a garage space, oh, I am going to create it. Hopefully after these three next days, I should be done with it and I actually get to enjoy my weekends. Uh, If you create a garage space, do more hands-on projects and know-how to stuff. Uh, Show people trade skills. Oh, yeah, I will. Oh, I absolutely will. Dude, I got a a handful of videos that I'm going to be doing. Um, Yeah, man. They're coming. Uh, sure, uh, this podcast is entertaining, but skills are more important. Gustavo Sanchez, yes. Well, this is a variety channel. So I do, I have all kinds of videos related to tech, related to electrical stuff, uh, how-to stuff. I wish I could do more firearm-related content, but it's really, really tricky on Google, on, on, on YouTube because of their stupid rules. Like, I can't stand it. It drives me crazy that I'm not allowed to really be myself and a lot of talk. It's so funny. There's this rainbow man on YouTube 
he he puts a big old wad of Nair, Nair, N-A-I-R. It's like a, a gooey product, and you basically smear it. Let's say you put it on your arms, and then you basically wipe off the Nair, and it removes the hair off your body. Well, this rainbow man puts Nair on his asshole, and he and he shows his whole bunghole and his uh, disgusting little wiener and his ball sack. That's allowed on YouTube, but I can't show myself exercising my constitutional rights not only as a professional, but as an American citizen doing things that are completely lawful, which is assembling an AR-15. I'm not allowed to do that. I'll get banned. If I'm shooting or, or uh, testing out, let's say a hundred drum mag or a 40 round Magpul magazine. Um, if I reload that thing, which is 100% legal in the state of Nevada, I'm going to get banned off this platform. Makes no sense. Anyways, back to this chick. Um, she's a douchebag. She sucks. She's all those things. But <clears throat> say you're worried about a woman judging you, judging you know the book by its cover, without really taking a look inside. The way to circumvent this is to all right. So you're talking to some chick, talking about cars and stuff. You know, materialistic things. It's kind of boring. And, most people aren't impressed by it. Most people don't care. The what, the way to circumvent this problem is to set up a date. You know, if you if you, if you like what you hear, you like what you see, and so so does she, and you both agree to a date. Do a date and meet her there. Meet her somewhere. Don't don't pick her up. Generally, picking her up might not always be the worst thing. But uh, if you're insecure about the car, or if the chick might be a little bit vain or whatever, don't pick her up. And uh, you got to win her over at the date. You got to, you got to, it's a battle of the minds, right? You got to win her over. Um, and when you do that, when she has a uh, very positive emotions towards you, she'll overlook, eh, he may not have the nicest car, but he's got a great smile and he's a lot of fun and he treats me well. And they'll, they'll, they'll forgive all the, all the shit that they would otherwise care about. Um, but this also might be a way for her to kind of weed out uh, certain undesirable men that she might not like or that men have that that have contacted her that she's not really interested in. So this is just a way for her to weed out dudes that she's just not interested in. And uh, it's important not to take shit like this personal. Again, she's a woman. Like, what does she know about cars anyways? Like, she's dumb. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I just wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, I mean, you'd be surprised. It's kind of like, you know, people always like, they like to complain about it's like, oh, I can't get this entry-level job because they want like 10 years of experience and they want this, they want that. And, you know, I can only do so much. It's like, dude, apply for it anyways. Who gives a shit? Dude, I, you know how many jobs I applied for that I wasn't qualified for and still got? Like, more than I care to admit. Um, so don't be dissuaded by this douchey personality. However, if she has that personality, if she exhibits that personality, I'm probably not going to waste my time with it, to be honest. Um but yeah, no, uh, more skill-based stuff is, yeah, throw that away in a minute. More skill-based stuff is uh, coming. More content is coming. It's just this week is just going to be brutal. Uh, let me see. Did I miss anything else? Uh, so we just read that. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Billie Eilish has lost more than 100,000 followers on Instagram after coming out. Nobody cares. I don't believe that for one second. All right. Single moms posting their L's. Oh, God. What is this? Uh, let's see. I dress nice. You should too. My kids are my world. Yeah, I would hope so. Jesus. Uh, you will never meet them, okay? 
if you don't come from a good family and don't like your family, don't talk to me. I get bored easily. There we go. Another bored woman, guys. What did I tell you? What did I fucking tell you? So be interesting. I wear five inch heels. Oh, just like DeSantis. So you need to be six feet or taller. Ugh. Be an adult. Have a retirement plan and pay your bills. I only like tanned, handsome, and tall men. I'm funny and smart and have goals. I expect you to be the same and have goals too. Speak another language. Take me to Italy, not Mexico. Yeah, you shouldn't be taking a woman uh, uh, to anywhere, really. It's like, take me to Italy. Yeah, I'm going to take the single mom to Italy. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I'm going to take her to Mexico. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, dude, beggars can't be choosers, sweetheart. Um, Claw. Her name is Claw. C-L-A. K-L-A. 39 years old. I mean, she's kind of pretty, but fuck all that, dude. Jesus Christ. Take her to fucking Applebee's. Uh, who's in the wrong here? All right. So we got a very alternative, progressive-looking girl with a, uh, I guess she's on a blind date with a magic American. Let's see what happens here. I'm gonna take you back home. home. I'm gonna take you back home where you can uh, get yourself some cup noodles. Or something. You want to take me Please. home? Yeah, I'm gonna take you home. I look like this you in your car right now, and you want to take me home? Yeah, I'm take you, home. you sure about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you can you can get any other day, right? Just like you said, you can get any dude to come and pay for your meal and take you out and wind down you, right? Dude, she can actually. That's the funny thing. She absolutely can. You can. You can get that at any so, time, right? So now we're not going on the date because you don't want to pay more than Starbucks. Oh, it's not bad. It's, money's no option. So it's if just... money's no option, then why aren't we going on the date? <clears throat> like an actual date? Because one, you trying to put me on blast. Like you got your phone out filming this inter interaction right now. Okay, For because what reason? I thought I was getting pranked at this point. Okay. Like okay. it feels like it's not real because I've never had a grown man take me to Starbucks for a date. What is this, grown, high school? You never had a grown man in general. Because, uh... Do facts. Probably facts. You know, you acting really unappreciative. Like, you expect me to take Are you to some five-star restaurant right out the gate. You know what? I'm going to do you one better. I'm not even going to take you home. You know, what? Any any dude can come and get you and take you out, right? Okay, cool. Let me get, let me go ahead and make sure that's the case. Um, we'll pull over right Are here. you serious? Yep, You're go ahead and get serious. out. Are you? Go ahead and get out. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Whatever. Go back on your profile. Ask them dudes to pick you up. Take you out. Ladies, this man right here is broke. He's broke. Look mm -hmm. at it. Uh, I don't know about broke. Uh, that car looks kind of nice here. There's a uh, me at the audio. Let's take a look at this car. It looks really clean. I don't think he's broke at all. I mean, he looks like he's carrying himself. Like he's not broke. Uh, we don't really get a good look at her. I mean, she's kind of cute, but she's got stupid tattoos. So you know, she's she makes poor decisions. Um. Look, context matters. You know, what happened prior to this interaction, to them meeting, matters. So if homeboy was like, yo, let me take you out and do something nice for you. And then he takes her to Starbucks. There might have been some expectations on, on the girl's part. And I can kind of understand her being upset. Again, dude, like take her to Red Lobster or Marie Calendars or something, you know, like don't take her to stop. If you promise her something, you got to like, you got to live up to your promises, bro. Um, however, I mean, she didn't come off super entitled. However, at the end though, she, she lost me calling him broke because again, 
you know, context matters. And I feel like a lot of context is missing here. Gustavo Sanchez writes, she only goes for rich men and then gets jaded within six months. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, girl gets uh, ejected. SJO uh, or SJE. I can't read that. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, uh, fucking hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. All right, let's. Uh, I don't care about Fetterman anymore. Uh, I don't know if I talked about uh, Oliver Anthony, but dude, I, I went hard on Oliver Anthony. Now, there's two prevailing theories that I've worked out with some of my buddies. Either Air July and his beta orbiters were the ones that were reporting me and attacking my Discord and striking my channel, or it was Oliver Anthony Sims. One of the two. I just want to say that I was right about this guy being a psyop. I was right about this guy being a fed op. Look at this. Look at this shit. And they're taking their turps, fucking their kids. It ain't a damn shame. <laughs> yeah, Nick Fuentes and Benjamin saw through this bullshit from the beginning and warned everybody that Oliver Anthony was nothing but a whiny fruitcake. Vindicated. Yeah, that's what I said. Dude, I mean, it was me, Owen Benjamin, and Nick Fuentes. We were like the only ones. Uh, Chief Trumpster, Oliver Anthony has entered the rainbow phase of conservatism. I'm glad to have called him out when it wasn't popular to do so. Uh, Chief Trumpster, I know, I think we're homies. I think we follow each other, but uh, I think I was on that. I was on that train first. Uh, the MAGA Hulk and I have been 100% vindicated on the Oliver Anthony question. Major Don Bangino L. <laughs> I don't want to trash on Don Bangino. I know a lot of people like him. I know a lot of people I know like him, so... Uh, didn't realize that the picture of these fat ass slobs going around in the feed was Oliver Anthony and his fuck buddy. <laughs> Anthony's commercial success was either the result of him selling out to, uh, the major institutions upon being successful or him just being a degenerate to begin with. He probably was a degenerate to begin with. Uh, kudos to those who called Oliver Anthony out as a hick lib fraud from the get go. Hey, shout out to me, dissident soaps. Uh, Lauren Chen. I wonder what happened to the Oliver Anthony guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck oh I was so right oh man uh, so I think that's basically it I just wanted to laugh at this you know things are really things are getting crazy out there and uh, you know just sometimes you know you just you gotta listen to the people like look there's gonna be contrarians there's gonna be people like myself and Owen Benjamin who come along and we go against the grain. We we're iconoclasts. We pave our own way. And there's a lot of people out there that are just, you know, like like Mike Cernovich is kind of like an iconoclastic thinker. Owen Benjamin, definitely so. And I used to dismiss Owen Benjamin <clears throat> as a crazy person. I dismissed him as somebody who was just not trustworthy. He was just way out of his element. And, you know, he was just not to be trusted. But I stopped. I put, I set aside my biases. I set aside some of my, my intrusive thoughts about his behavior. And I really listened to him and he doesn't, and he makes more sense than I ever could have imagined. I actually find myself really relating to him and me and him were both, well, maybe him more so than myself, you know, guys from Hollywood, California, that sort of thing. And, uh, I don't know what really happened with him, but, uh, you know, I, I was certainly blacklisted. I was certainly set aside, um, despite, you know, just wanting to make money. You know, these studios want to make money and I'm like, okay, well I got these movies we can make fucking money. 
Like, not only is it the script done, like I would be willing to part ways with my scripts and sell them off for a very, very low price because I believe in them and I would have just worked my way up from there. Um, and now I'm doing a book instead because, you know, the industry would never want somebody like me and the industry would never want somebody like Owen Benjamin. And I understand where Owen Benjamin is coming from. I didn't hate Oliver Anthony until Gio pointed out what a, what a cheesy ass psyop it was. Thank you, MTMG. Yeah. It's again, it's like, look, I don't disagree with like the lyrics themselves. Yeah. The dollar ain't shit. Yeah. You know, welfare Queens fudge, fudge rounds or whatever. But you know, the dude was, this is a fucking fraud. The guy's a fraud. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this fucking guy. Um, and then Brett Kreshner, like, I don't, I don't think he's that funny. I think he's kind of like a sellout. Uh, I went to the T-Mobile arena, uh, a buddy of mine. We went to uh, this comedy show, really big comedy show. It was the whole arena was packed. And Burt Kreshner was the, was the main headliner. We ended up leaving like five minutes into a set. We're just like, yeah, we're done. You know, we got, we got fucking drunk and we bounced. Everybody else was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, Burt Kreshner is overrated. And uh, apparently he, he's got an affinity for uh, Oliver Anthony. Uh, and his fluoride stare. Uh, both of these guys have that fluoride stare. What's going on? What's going on here? Yeah, drink drink uh, filtered water through glass. Avoid plastic. All right, so that's basically it. We're at the th- well, dude, we're at three hours and thirty minutes. So everybody who joined on Rumble, Facebook, D Live, Trovo, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and all over the internet, and those who are going to be listening on the audio only platforms, thank you guys so much. Any support is appreciated. You guys being here, liking, subscribing is more. Than, than, than enough really. But, uh, you know, all my content is free. I do this cause I like it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you guys join me every Tuesday. I, I do hope to be streaming a lot more other than just Tuesday. I just, I want to offer you guys more. I just, I got to build up this garage stuff. I got to clean out this stuff and you know, um, yeah, that's it. It's just, I'm just busy. Everyone's busy. You know, I'm getting ready for the future. You know, things are, things are happening. Oh shit. I got the wrong, uh, I got the wrong thing. I was talking, I was like talking to the screen. You guys are looking at me. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, yeah. So I'm just preparing for the future and I really want to do a lot of really fun videos and just more tech stuff, more electronic stuff or electrical stuff. And, um, um, I'm, I'm probably going to have to do when I do firearm related stuff, it's probably going to be like a hybrid. Like I'll do like the, the simple stuff on YouTube, but then I'll have something more extensive and expansive on the all tech platforms. Um, outside of YouTube because YouTube is just way too censorious or way too draconian. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, so yeah. Um, shit. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me see what's going on on Facebook really quick. One second, you guys. Yeah, I'm live. I'm live everywhere. Woo. Okay. So everybody, I hope you guys have a wonderful night. Wish me luck. Hopefully I can get everything I need to get done, done, hopefully tomorrow so I can enjoy the rest of my days off or enjoy my weekend. So yeah, we'll see. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for joining. Much love. Have a safe night. Safe night. See you next week. Peace. And we are going to go ahead and stop streaming. It's my cursor now.